I honestly should be really doing more because like I don't really post videos at all on either of my channels as often as I probably should. I don't think people realize what an hour of work like that feels like. It's not the same as like, oh, I, I read for 15 hours. I feel like at the end of the day, I think that it's pretty obvious that the British people are wrong 100% of the time. They lost the war. The thing is, it's like, I don't really see much of the stuff that I did in film school affect my YouTube stuff necessarily. Oh wow, I just had a, I just had a revelation just now on the Create Unknown podcast. You can't wait to make the perfect thing, you know? A lot of the time, if you just do it and then move on to the next project, and this could probably apply to a lot of stuff, you'll just get better through that process. Boom. Hey, welcome to the Create Unknown. I am Kevin Lieber. This is the home of Make Something Mean Something. We have been rolling every Wednesday night live on Discord, 6 p.m. Eastern, with great, great guests, with our great, great patrons live in the chat, our dumpster crew, our $2 tots, our infantry, our illustrious baby gang. We, we now have people who are buying a year worth of $2 tot up front for only $20, which seems to me, Matt, like the deal of a century. It is. An annual sub is a smart move. I mean, right now, everybody's talking about GameStop making the money. Well, the annual sub is going to pay off to a, a much stronger degree than the people who have played uh, <laughs> GameStop market really well. Yeah. No uh, bailout but, required. Uh, you know, Kevin, I wanted to point out, you know, we've talked we've talked about about sponsors a lot on this show and partners and things like that. And like we've had some swings and misses. Um, we we really wanted to be partners with gamer subs, but we said no when we found out they weren't gamer suppositories. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> that was very disappointing. Uh, but uh, we've been we've been working with uh, Electro Voice, who makes microphones. We're on the Electro Voice RE20. Kevin's got the black. He's got the new model. It just dropped in November, uh, and I've got the the putty. It goes with the uh, aesthetic of my of my coom cave here. Um, <laughs> but these are just outstanding microphones so far, and we're excited to talk about them uh, for a little while episode after episode as we break them in as we get used to them and and see how it sounds have you have you noticed anything between uh the old mic and the re20 kevin oh it it sounds much nicer and i don't know if we ever talked about the mics that we were using before so i i think we're free to not throw anybody under any sort of microphone bus they were nice but, though. they uh, were good mics we had good mics they were and, good mics you know, I, yeah. yeah these are better good. mics <laughs> These are better mics. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they cut out, uh, they cut out background noise like extremely well. Um, you know, I have a little space heater that runs when it's deathly cold and, uh, the little hum of that seems to get cut out. So that's very cool. Uh, but yeah, we're going to, uh, talk a bit about these as the season goes on, but we have a guest tonight, don't we? We do. We do. Why don't you tell us a little bit about our guest tonight? Okay. Theodore. Kennedy Nivison Jr. Uh, 
goes by Ted, and his online moniker of Ted Nivison is distinctly different from the incorrect Ted Nivision, which too many people on Twitter recently learned. Ted streams, uh, makes YouTube videos, and collabs with a host of complimentary talents, such as Jay Schlatt and Slimesickle. Um, they all go back to the star-crossed, ill-fated lunch club, fart club, goop days. And by the time this interview drops, the three of them will have released their first episode of the podcast Chuckle Sandwich, brand new. They've got 40,000 YouTube subscribers and another 35,000 Twitter followers, despite not actually having put anything out yet. This is a tremendous testament to their popularity and their rabid fan bases. Ted is also something of an expert on milk, with milk showing up as a theme in a significant portion of his videos. He's a milkman himself. He's a milkman in his U2's statuette. He's released a wildly popular Incorrect History of Milk video in his merch line with designer Leighton Stollard, who's worked with H3, H3, and Jontron, is called The Good Stuff Milk and Company. Ted has said, I just do whatever the F dash 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 I think is funny. And that mindset has delivered us videos about accidentally eating a 400 milligram edible, determining which cereal is the worst, and creating the ultimate nut butter. When he talks about grilling, he channels his inner middle-aged dad, and he's talked about cursed food from childhood. So, Ted, if you have kids in the future, what cursed food are you going to feed them to make sure they'll regret the experience decades later? Oh my God. Uh, oh, I'm being thrown on the spot here. Uh, cursed food <laughs> that they're going to regret a million years later. I'm going to probably feed them broccoli that, yeah, just broccoli. I don't know. I didn't like broccoli when I was a kid. So I, I, uh, probably would consider that cursed, but I guess, oh man, cursed. I suppose. Oh, you know what? Cosmic brownies from uh their cosmic their, brownies they're these brownie little is that a little debbie thing yeah it's a little debbie oh, thing yeah and they're they're intensely uh dense little brownie things i don't know how they make them but they're these you know square brownies that yes. you know they've got these little pieces of candy on top of them that make it look like stars in the starry night and they don't they're not good at all but i don't and i don't know why they haven't been removed from the 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 shelves but they're pretty cursed i would say cosmic brownies they're almost like yeah a really dense fudge aren't they am i remembering these right yeah I would, yeah there's i suppose they're essentially they're really fudgy yeah bit of a fudge situation going on there <laughs> um, there's always somebody who loves these though you know there's something like with the Little Debbie cakes and, and snacks and all of that, there's always mm -hmm. someone who's like, oh, that one's my favorite. So I'm sure there are Cosmic Brownie fans out there. Yeah, I will say that I do like the I do like the coffee cake ones that they have because those actually taste like something. I don't know. the, the Something about the, co the Cosmic Brownies, something's off there. All right. I'm saying that we look into that. We get an investigation going on. All right. Can can I give you that a broccoli fact? Hold on. Thing. Can I give you a broccoli fact? Because it's the give only thing I know fact. about broccoli, and this is the only chance I'm going to be able to provide this information to the world. Okay. okay? 
So broccoli, cauliflower, kale, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, and kohlrabi all come from the same plant. What? Yes. Thank you. Is that not an amazing thing to know? It's a great fact. No one tells you this. Wait. I feel like this can't be true. It is true. Cauliflower and broccoli come from the same thing? Yeah, they are, they, they are all descended from this a single plant. And it's just like well, crossbreeding and messing with this one plant gives you let all me raise of you this. those different vegetables. Let yeah. me raise you this. Did you know that cashews come from an apple? What? Called a cashew apple? No. Yes, they grow on a tree and they come from a cashew apple. That's where cashews come from. Does anyone eat the, is the apple, does the apple... T- Tastes like cashews? Is the apple good? Why are we not making apple cashew um, apple? Sure this that is, the, this I'm is pretty real. sure that the actual apple itself, the cashew apple, is poisonous. Because I'm pretty sure cashews need to be cashews have like cyanide in them or something. Um, <laughs> Probably tannin. A lot of nuts have tannin in them that has to be removed or it's it's gonna go pretty badly with your yeah. stomach. Oh yeah, that's almonds. That almonds have right cyanide. Now. Yeah. Yeah, but I do believe that there's some aspect of cashews that is uh that is a little bit not good for the tum, as you, they say. If you Google this, it looks the cashew apple looks like a weird, like Willy Wonka fruit pooping, it looks, pooping out a, a cashew. Yeah, or it, it, yeah, it could be a alien. I don't know, butt plug. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I looked at the picture and I thought, oh, this kind of looks like a, a little bit of a weird yellow squash, but. But oh, something it could be a squash, different. But I'm thinking <laughs> yeah, alien very butt different plug happens. right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's but this is wild though. I had I didn't know colors. this at all. And it yeah, it's it looks really interesting. And if you're listening to this on audio, um it's worth a Google. It's worth looking up uh the cashew fruit. Yeah, I have a tendency to so, I have a tendency to mention visual things while on podcasts. It's sort of a talent of mine. <laughs> I like screwing have over you, the audio listeners. That's my favorite thing to have do. Have you had cashew cheese, though? It says on, on Wikipedia that you can process this fruit um, into what? cashew cheese. Cashew cheese? Yeah. Oh, no. I don't want to have that. That sounds gross. Oh, I, that doesn't even wow. count as cheese. I feel like cheese should be, you know, going back to my roots here, I feel like cheese should be derived from dairy if we're going to call it cheese. I think other than that, it's got to be called something different. It's got to be called like... I don't know, fermented block of something fun. (laughs) (laughs) That's very catchy. (laughs) Yeah, like a cashew fermented block of something fun. And it requires that sort of uh, emphasis in the the sentence of something fun. It's it's a large package just to to label it and get all the words on there. Yeah, no, it's something I'd expect I'd see from Trader Joe's. You can have non-dairy cheese. I mean, other than this stuff that like vegans is, is that what vegans eat i don't know what vegans do with their i don't lives. know what vegans are even doing man <laughs> Eating cashew i'll tell cheese. you i mean I'm, but the thing the problem is with calling something non-dairy cheese is that cheese is by definition a dairy product so how do you you it, you know it's it's derived from milk that's why they call it cheese but if you say non-dairy cheese it's not cheese anymore so why are you saying even cheese <laughs> It's a linguistic it issue, then? and it needs is to it be your solved. Position that non-dairy creamer is not creamer because it's non-dairy. It's yeah. It's it doesn't then make things creamy. It? it makes it mm, full. 
It makes it full of something, but not dairy. That's for sure. And this is an issue that we need to solve here on the Create Unknown <laughs> podcast. That's why I came on. You know, I didn't tell you guys this, but I came on because I was, I am here to solve an issue, and that's with non dairy creamer and the like and you know, cheese. Tom, his, Tom Videoger, who <laughs> is in the infantry, Tom is quick with links. Um, yeah, Ted, if, if, uh, yeah, he's very fast if you got the episode chat open. But look, he, he pops up this non-dairy creamer thing. This is commonly called tea whitener tea coffee whitener. whitener. It, there you go. That's suspiciously racist. That's very strange. That's just an <laughs> odd way to describe anything. I mean, it does make it a lighter lightener, tea lightener. I guess. So we don't include the color aspect of it. So we don't, I don't know. Tea it's better than calling it non-dairy creamer because then. It's awfully clinical. Yeah. Yeah. Tea paint, I'm seeing as an yeah, option. Got some some tea decent paint? suggestions in here. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so that's my opinion on <laughs> on cheeses and such and the like. <laughs> I think that they're called that because you know, they're replacing a specific item. So you you're led to understand yeah. that it's a replacement for this item. I don't think yeah, it's anything okay. more than that. That's fair. I can't yeah. really argue with that. <laughs> ah, damn. I, yeah, I really can't argue with that, actually. That's a really, that's an astute point, and I hate you for it. Um, God. Well, sorry. we've accomplished the goal of having you on, so I think we're done here. Right. Yeah, thank you guys so much. <laughs> had a wonderful time. <laughs> made a new enemy. Yeah, made, uh, I have a new goal. It's to uh, take down <laughs> these damn companies selling the non-dairy creamer. And uh, we're going to do it in six months. By the end of six months. It's going to be like how, how, uh, how Reddit recently took down an entire hedge fund. Yeah, that, that dominated is, the Twitter uh, headlines. But I don't know a whole lot about what happened with that. I just know that it involved them calling in shorted stocks on on GameStop. Yeah, right? I recently learned what shorted stocks are, but I guess basically there was this one dude and he was like basically what they do is they make a call on a shorted stock so they're so they're guessing and putting money on the fact that the stock is going to go down. And then what he did was then he released some articles and he was like talking about oh, GameStop is obsolete. It's not it's not going to do well and stuff. And I guess the people on Reddit were pissed off that there were people out there who were making these bets on companies that are bound to fail. And they decided to screw these guys over and buy a bunch of the stock and make it go up. And then I guess the people who are in these short positions, I don't know entirely how it works, but I guess when it starts to go down, you're sort of forced into a position where you have to buy more, which in turn made the price of it go up even more. So now everyone's buying the stock and then people are, it, then it's getting in the news and the media and people are like, oh, I guess I got to buy, I don't know why, but I guess I got to buy GameStop stock. So they're buying it. And then I guess there was this one dude who put like $50,000 into it in August and he's made 15, like more than $15 million on GameStop. And it That's wasn't wild. even related to what happened recently. He just happened to have like his life savings in GameStop <laughs> for some reason. And I don't know who, I don't know why someone would put their life savings in GameStop in 2020. But I mean, it's just one of those situations where it's like, hey, you're now a, you're now a, a multimillionaire. Congratulations. You know, you now have to worry about right. estate tax. <laughs> he knew something that we didn't know. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Salute him. Yeah. It's amazing to me this never happened before. You know, well, it used to happen a long time ago. It used to happen in the 90s um, with 
uh, well, AOL chat rooms back then, Yahoo chat rooms, uh, people would would artificially pump penny stocks usually the ones that trade on the pink sheets uh because you know you can get percentage changes in a penny stock that are just immense you know if you want to try to well other than today with gamestop i mean normally though if, if you wanted to try to move the stock price of a legitimate stock that's on uh, uh nasdaq or something like that you know maybe you could get it five or ten percent well if the the shares are a you know, few cents, then a one cent movement might be 35% of the share price. So they would talk up these stocks in these, you know, cruddy little chat rooms across the internet and, you know, make fake stock tips and things like that. And people would start buying it. And then the guy who pumped it up would, would sell and uh, be happy with his 40% profit. And that kind of became a thing uh, with the chat rooms and eventually forums that, uh, it was severely frowned upon, and now people are talking again about how, oh, well, you shouldn't be allowed to talk about trading on on Reddit and places like that. So it's an age old problem that's resurfaced. Uh, it always goes in a in a cycle. How did There'll they stop the eventually. AOL chat rooms from doing it? Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't remember the intervention on that. If if there was one, I mean, you can't stop people from talking about this stuff, whether it's you know, uh, on WhatsApp or whatever, people, nobody would even know. And there's no way on the encrypted apps to, uh, to combat this. So when people talk about like, oh, we have to, we have to regulate the, the online talk about stocks. All right. Good luck. Yeah. That doesn't really, that seems like a restriction on free speech. Although I suppose like making a group that's, that's sole purpose is to change the direction of stocks would be, that would be market manipulation. I feel like pretty, pretty straight up. Right. But yeah. other than that, I, I don't really see because there's 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 companies, large companies that already do this. It's just that they don't do it on a, on a subreddit. Right. They do like practically the same right. thing where they where they. Yeah. Am I wrong? No, they, well, they, so what <laughs> what company would would we, uh, you know, AMC, I see is popping off now. GameStop, obviously, the past couple of days. Um, who's next? Who, who should, <laughs> what random failing business <laughs> should get propped up by Reddit? Huh? I called my broker today and I said, there's a new startup that I'm into. I want you to cash me out of everything. And I want you to put it all into chuckle sandwich. <laughs> good, good, uh, <laughs> good transition. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> Yes, it, indeed. It's, it's New promising. startup, Chuckle Sandwich. Yeah, am I? Should I be talk? Should I start talking about it? <laughs> yeah, say, uh, tell us about what it is and and how it how it evolved with uh, with the miscreants you've assembled. Oh, okay. Well, so I guess I'd start off with the name. So Chuckle Sandwich. I originally was in an improv group when I was in high school called Chuckle Sandwich, um, and then I, you know, I've always liked the name. I originally when when the whole um when the late lunch club was uh was being formed originally one of the ideas that I put forward was doing chuckle sandwich because it's like it was one of those things where you know it'd been like maybe five it's been five years since I've since I graduated high school um I don't even think the chuckle sandwich at the high school is still going on so I was like this is such a good name I can't let it just fall into the ether like nothing and I, I can just think of so many ways that like the the branding of it could be so fun um so i've always kind of had that in the back of my head and then maybe 
two weeks ago, I was in a call with uh, Charlie and Schlatt, and I was talking to them about how I wanted to make a podcast, and I just didn't really know how to start, because I didn't really want to make a podcast by myself, where I was just the only host, because yeah. I yeah. I don't know, I, I would just struggle with that, I feel like. Um, and then one of them mentioned, it was like, oh, well, if you want to make a podcast and just run it, you know, we'll we'll happily be a part of that and stuff. So essentially I was like, okay. So I, I talked to an artist on getting together some branding for it. I talked to like my manager about throwing something together. And then like over the last like two weeks, I just kind of threw together a podcast with the two of those guys. And we just recorded our first episode yesterday. And, uh, yeah, I, I feel like the response to it is pretty cool because people, you know, I haven't had a been on a part of a podcast in a while. They both have their own podcasts. So really this, this podcast is pretty much run by me, but with the two of them, um, just joining in on every week, um, as like co-hosts. Um, but yeah, you know, chuckle sandwich, bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> what, what, how often are you going to record? Uh, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna film podcasts just like once a week and then I'll just like send it off to the editor that I have set up for it. And then we'll just post it. I think we're going to like record on like Mondays and then post it on Saturdays. I think is how we're going to do it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sounds I don't know. Good. I don't know. Yeah. I'm I don't know what else to Schlatt, say about it. I'm amazed that Schlatt has time for that. It seems like all of you guys, um, do so many different projects. Yeah. yeah kinda. I feel like it definitely appears that way at the outside, but me personally, like I literally do, I should be do, I honestly should be really doing more because like, I don't, really post videos at all on my either of my channels as often as I probably should. Um, but the two of them, they're, they're, they're both pretty busy. They're, they've, they've got their mojo going right now, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get back into that. Why don't you, know? you post more? I was, it's funny. Cause I was actually, before I came on this podcast today, I was actually writing a video that I'm going to be posting about just, I, I might be posting it. I'm going to be I'm writing the script for it, but it's like, I'm, I would be talking about, you know, why I, I don't post videos often. And I think part of it is because I, you know, for the longest time I was in college and I didn't necessarily have the time to post videos. So whenever I did have time, it was like YouTube was my, it was my hobby, but it was also my job. So it was, it was a weird thing where it was like, I would always do it in my free time and I would use that free time to the most of my ability. And then I would, you know, post videos as much as I could, which ended up being like a once a month, maybe twice a month kind of situation. Um, but then since I had that enough time to focus on one video and making it as good as possible, I feel like I must've set myself in a position where I started to get to the point where I, how do I even say this? I like boxed myself into this zone that I had a very high standards for the types of videos I wanted to make. And like, very high standards for what a good idea would be. Um, mm. And I think that, you know, I, I really started thinking about this hard recently about why I did this to myself, because it was like, um, it's a, it, it, it turned it, it ended up being sort of one of the, one of the, um, I guess, symptoms of what would be considered quote unquote imposter syndrome. And one of them is like the perfectionism kind of shit. Mm -hmm. Um, and like that caused me to like procrastinate, causes me to procrastinate a lot on like releasing a new video. Um, so I just kind of, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm working on my way to get out of that, you know? Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a, it's a weird zone to be within, especially because I think that if I was younger, if, you know, like three years ago and I saw how many subscribers I have now, 
And I, and then <laughs> me now was like to my younger self, oh yeah, I don't really post that often because I'm afraid that my videos are not going to be good enough or whatever. I'd probably have a screaming match with myself and be like, you fucking dumbass. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? Um, so I kind of have to try to remind myself of like what position I'm in sometimes because it's, you know, it's weird. Isn't there something to be said, though, of of spreading out comedy? You know, I think of uh, stand up comics who have specials, you know, um, Dave Chappelle. How, how many has he put out in the last couple of years? Not very many, like two or three. Right. Yeah. Um, well, that's awesome to me. I don't know if it would be. Well, I do know it would be awesome if he did it constantly because I love Chappelle show. But like somebody being funny every week, twice a week, as opposed to some really, really good stuff less frequently, that's that's got to have some value, right? Like, oh, when you I do, definitely agree. Uh, put a it does. Thing out, it's um, good. I think the difference between, you know, Dave Chappelle releasing a special every now and then is that special is going on Netflix and Netflix is going to throw that in the front page um, for everyone to see, okay. you know? And then we've, you know, us being on the online nomads that we are sifting through cyberspace, we've got to uh, deal with the <laughs> algorithm dragons. Um, and a lot of the time, uh, you know, when you don't post very often, then YouTube starts to kind of punish that, which is kind of a interesting way to get a bit of anxiety. <laughs> um, That's what they tell us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It does sound like you're overthinking it a little bit, though, and you're oh, in your sure. head. You're in yeah. your head on Abs it. Absolutely. No, I agree with that. I am totally, absolutely in on my head on this kind of stuff, which is which is funny too, because for the longest time I'd seen this happen to other people in the past, and I had always been telling myself, "Oh, that's never going to be me. I'm never going to get in that position." And then, like, I'm <laughs> one day I'm like, "Oh shit, <laughs> I am." Um, so it's in. It's definitely an interesting thing. How long does it usually take you to make a video? Um, I would say maybe like at least more than 10 hours because it takes me like more than eight hours to edit a video of mine. Um, so it's got to be like maybe 15 hours, maybe 15 plus, I'd say. Because then I got to I got to do the research for the type of video that I want to do. If it's like a cooking video, it doesn't take, take necessarily as long to get that kind of stuff together. Um. But some of the stuff like the terrible movie videos or um, maybe like a story video, I have to gather together all the evidence, all the, like the evidence or like the script and stuff. And then it's, you know, it's the normal workflow of like something like that where it's like and then I film and then um, then I edit it. But um, yeah, I'd say like more than 15 hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know, man, if you want to like chat sometime and just bounce ideas, I'm totally open to doing that. It's, oh yeah, no worries. You know oh, what I, I, mean? I don't want to sound like I'm. I don't want to sound like I'm like complaining about <laughs> about anything right now. I was. I was just. You know. Sp I thought I would just be like speak openly about you know that kind of stuff because I feel like a lot they're, of people. They're hard hours though. What's up? Like, I, I, they're hard hours. I don't think people realize what an hour of work like that feels like. Oh you yeah. Know, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely it's, long. It's just not the same. Yeah, it's not the same as like oh I I read for fifteen hours or like. You know, when yeah, I, or when played I work video outside games for 15 hours, it's yeah. definitely a lot easier to do that. <laughs> it's not the same, you know, it's, it's, uh, like even, uh, just doing normal work, whatever for two hours compared to two hours of recording this podcast. Like these are two completely different experiences. And so 
you know, 15 may not sound like a ton, mm-hmm. but it's it's kind of like running for 15 hours. <laughs> like, you know, that's that's a hard thing on your body. Uh, yeah. That's like hyper marathon. Yeah. We do have a little bit of breaking news, by the way. Real quick, I want to interject this. Uh, Discord has shut down the subreddit Wall Street Bats for hate speech, glorifying violence, and spreading misinformation. Oh, nice, Discord. Hell what? yeah. Yeah. I love to see it. What they, the hell? Hate speech? They say, to be clear, we did not ban this server due to financial fraud related to GameStop or other stocks. This is coming from Oh, Slasher. they're calling it uh, financial fraud, too. Wow. That's yeah, bold. I, I think Slasher is probably right about this. He's he's missed a few times, uh, but yeah, I think this one's probably accurate. Wow. Slasher doesn't miss very often, though. Do you know why why Dr. Disrespect got banned? I don't. I yeah, do well, Slasher promised all of us uh, that a long, long time ago, and then we never heard anything again. So when I think of Slasher, I think of that. He follows me now. Maybe I should Maybe I should message him for the goods. I should I should message him so, yeah. and say, give me what I need, Slasher. <laughs> uh, the Verge reported on this. It's definitely real. Wow. Yeah, yeah. well, that's wild. And that just popped uh, like 10 minutes ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, but let's let's combine these two things. Um, so I was curious, Ted, as you were talking about milk stocks. Yeah. And there are actually quite a few. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There's a second page of these. Looks like another eight. Uh, yeah. If you want to invest in milk, it seems like you can do it in a roundabout way, like Smuckers. Uh, Eli Lilly and company Smuckers has milk? has a milk division. The jelly people. Yeah. Smuckers like the folks of, yeah. that make the Uncrustables. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the legendary yeah, I, Uncrustable brand. Oh, this is wild. This is wild. So Smuckers um, milk, milk ETFs are, uh, what is it? Exchange traded funds. So it's kind of like a, uh, collection of, of stocks. Okay. And it can be, you know, they're all kind of related in some way. Uh, and there are, uh, I, I just found a milk ETF. That's wild. You could invest in what's an ETF, milk. uh, like a collection of stocks where you're kind of investing in the sector because it, it combines them all together, like a little tiny, little tiny fund of like-minded, uh, strategically like-minded stocks. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, so the PowerShares Dynamic Food and Beverage ETF is essentially investing in milk. The people Are, who own Smuckers also own Dunkin' Donuts. What? Do they really? Yeah. I'm looking at the JM Smucker Company, and they own Robin Hood. They own Jif. They own Meow Mix, uh, Milk Bone, and Smuckers, and Smuckers Uncrustables. And also <laughs> Cafe Bustello, but I don't know what the fuck that. Also Folgers. <laughs> Folgers, you? those are, those are coffee brands. I know what I, I I realized the massive mistake I made as it was coming out of my mouth. And as it as it came out, I was like, that wasn't the right way to say. It. <laughs> oh no, um, I've been forever immortalized saying are, Folgers. Are, are people who invest in milk, um, milkers? Are they big milkers? I'd say that they're 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 part of the milk legion. You know, they're part of the milk if, zone and they're enlightened. If your mom, if your mom bought 
shares in this milk ETF, would she be a mommy milker? <laughs> I don't like the fact that you're asking if my mom would be a mommy milker. That's the first trepidation I have with that, but I, I guess technically, yeah. I can't say no to that. But hey, you mentioned Uncrustables. I, I have to be honest. I've never actually eaten one. Am I, am I missing out on something uh, you're here? You're not that much because what's funny about Uncrustables is that they they do sort of have a crust still. They have a seam around the, around. Yeah. it's like a circular patty that has peanut butter and jelly inside of it. And But there is a seam oh, okay. and it, I think personally, it counts as a crust. So, you know, take that as you will. I don't think that there ever really will be a true uncrustable unless they figure out how to like inject peanut butter and jelly into a seamless ball, like a peanut butter and jelly ball. Then that would be a true uncrustable because it'd be a sphere. But At you, what point does does a, a border or a seam become a crust? Where do you draw the line? Uh, I just I just like the idea of of no edges. You know, I think that the reason why people don't like crust is because of the edge. They don't want it to end. But, you know, with with this patented Ted Nivison peanut butter and jelly injected sphere, um, (laughs) there is no there is no crust. You don't know when it's going to end and it's gone before you know it and you want to buy more. And that's the market value right there, folks. You know, you know, snowballs, why don't snowballs make a peanut butter and jelly snowball instead of that like pink coconut disaster or whatever it is that snowballs actually are. Yeah, those things look like Yeti shits. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're horrible. Um, While we're on the fabulous subject of peanut butter and jelly, can I just lodge a complaint that there was a comparison recently between... Uh, peanut butter and jelly and and beans oh, on right. bread? Yes. Beans uh, on toast, yeah. Beans on beans toast. Beans on toast. Uh, the British. Yeah. The and British and the foods. We're, we're saying that peanut butter and jelly was revolting. Where does this come from? It's 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 a perfect food. I, I don't understand either because that. because there's a there's a very big difference between beans on toast and peanut butter and jelly. Starting with the beans on toast is bound to get soggy way faster than peanut butter and jelly. Peanut butter and jelly gets soggy oh, over a course true. of hours. The only time that you eat a soggy peanut butter and jelly is when it comes out of your lunch bag when you're going to elementary school. But not often <laughs> do people ever deal with a soggy peanut butter and jelly. There is like probably ninety nine percent consumption of a soggy beans on toast unless the bread is really really tough and at that point you're just eating stale bread so what do they want from us i don't know i think the uh i think a big part of the issue is how uh the british prepare beans okay they're they're not they they don't have uh the the kind of molasses injection that that we do they're not as sweet that's what i'm getting to and i think this this hits both sides of the equation here i think they see peanut butter and jelly and they're like oh you, you can't mix this savory peanut stuff with the sweet sweet jam uh and the the beans on toast part it just tastes a little different than if we took like bush's baked beans and and, yeah, uh, I'm seeing the know, just post, dumped them on toast. Mr. Tom here linked the post that started it all. And the peanut butter and jelly example that they provided in this tweet is probably the grossest looking peanut butter and jelly I've ever seen in my life. Why? 
It's it, sloppy. I think it looks great. It's, it's very it's sloppy. It's a sloppy PB&J, whereas you could make a very crisp PB&J, but there is no situation in which you can make a non-sloppy beans on toast. It right. is That's destined there. for yeah. slop. Yeah. <laughs> it is slop. That's what that food it, is. And yeah. it's okay. I'm okay with slop. But don't don't come crashing down on my PBJ parade because I mean it it's 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 a cheap, delicious, like repeatable, you can eat every day food. That 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 yes, if you're going to make it like a sloppy, weird looking thing, then maybe it can look unappealing. But you could do that with anything. You could make tacos or pizza or a burger. You can make anything look disgusting. That's not hard to do. Yeah. Doesn't mean hmm. it is. Yeah, I don't I don't quite understand what what the argument here is because I feel like at the end of the day, I think that it's pretty obvious that the British people are wrong 100% of the time. They lost the war. <laughs> so, I mean, what did, is there even to talk parents, about? Did either of your parents ever make you eat shit on a shingle? I've never <laughs> had my parents have never even made me eat feces before now. No, <laughs> uh, Tom, I'm sure you can find this. So, so get quick with the link. Um, it's, it's like creamed chip beef on toast and it's, uh, Holy shit, like, Tom's he was popular fast. in the Navy. Yeah. He is incredibly fast, but yeah, there we go. We have, we have shit on a shingle and I, God, talking about cursed foods and, and terrible childhood foods, that's probably that's fighting for number one on my list oh my is God. the nights when we ate shit on a shingle looks like it looks like meat and cum on bread <laughs> <laughs> why would you call it that you meat could, you could and, call it anything i mean it's called shitting on a shingle so <laughs> no i, mean, I know no, I'm, oh. not, I'm not complaining with your description of it i'm complaining with the original title yeah, i would think it would be as equally appropriate to call it meat and cum on bread then <laughs> a classic point, american <laughs> military dish a military yeah. dish. How many military dishes do you guys know? What is a military I mean, dish? They just ate it in the military? It, well, it's something that you can prepare at scale. And that's the beauty of shit on a shingle is that <laughs> you, you have this cream. I don't think that there's anything base. beautiful about shit on a shingle. Let's be <laughs> honest here. That's the beauty. <laughs> <laughs> You have this big cream base that is probably in like a 10 gallon bucket. And oh, you dump that in and heat it up and you just. Yeah, it's like shaved chipped beef. Chipped beef, um, two teaspoons yeah. butter, two teaspoons flour, one third cups milk skim. Uh, so the stuff, yes. so quite literally, the stuff that you skim off of the milk when you are making right. milk that is skim milk. Skim milk is it is using the milk that you skim off of what becomes skim milk. Correct, I think. Um, and then ground pepper and two slices of bread. Interesting. Yeah, but you could make that for. a 200 people in 15 minutes you know that that's that's the beauty of it for the military uh aspect is you can just feed loads of people and you can serve it very fast too because i grab the bread and then you just spoon this this slop on top of it but um, it definitely God, has... i hated it i really disliked it <laughs> so it's not even good i don't like it but i think it's one of those tastes that is really bad for kids uh like you know how uh, yeah when was the last time you had know. it oh oh it's been 20 20 oh, plus years okay i see yeah last time i had it was in the 90s for sure because like um, you probably wouldn't have liked bruschetta as a kid either 
Exactly. Yes. What's that? Is that in a part of the, the brain? Like I know that with seafood, with clams it's, and shrimp and stuff like that. It's savory stuff. It's savory. The savory flavor. I Is think that it, what develops over time? Yeah. I think that kids really like sweet stuff, like sweet flavors, sour uh, flavors. But I think savory is, is that's the acquired taste. Yeah. I bet I would like it now because I really like country. Like you probably wouldn't, you you know, probably like wouldn't have liked goat cheese as much when you were a kid either. But goat cheese is fucking no, I, awesome. I, I disliked it a lot. Yeah. yeah, I do like it now, and I hated it. There was this one uh, restaurant that I, I had, had this really awesome goat cheese baklava from. That shit fucks. <laughs> oh, man. It's good, dude. <laughs> what I wouldn't, I'd kill a man for another slice of goat cheese baklava. Oh, man. Why can't you go back? Is it far away? Uh, no, it's not far away. It's just expensive. It's what a, is yeah. baklava? You can't make that at home? Oh, I'm sure I could figure out how to make it, but it's it's nice when you don't have to do that. That's one thing that I've gotten into a bad habit of as well. Speaking of bad habits and Ted, uh, I have been <laughs> really, really uh, inefficient at cooking for myself, but very efficient at ordering Postmates. And that's if Ooh. there's if there's one def, I if there's anything that I could say would be a YouTuber problem when you get larger on the platform, it's just that it's just so easy to not make food for yourself and order it. Schlatt does this thing where he orders Wendy's all the time. I don't know why he likes Wendy's so much, but he's, he's been ordering Wendy's all the time. Um, and I do this thing where I'll, I'll, I'll fucking, I have a Taco Bell thing. I really like Taco Bell. So when, you know, when once you read it on, I'm, he was in the middle of eating his Postmates meal. Was he eating Wendy's? He wasn't eating Wendy's. He was eating boneless wings from someplace. I think he must have been lying to you. I think it was Wendy's. I think he was just ashamed. <laughs> Wendy's boneless wings. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what baklava actually was. Tom Videoger in the chat. And listen, if, if anybody is not um, allowed in the chat, but you're listening right now, I believe uh, live it's a on Turkish Discord, dish. Uh, just go to uh, patreon.com slash the create unknown, become a $2 tot, and then you can join the chat. Um, and you can see all of these links. Uh, so baklava looks like, uh, it's a Turkish dish. Like a slider. I believe. Like that a little... photo I think is a little bit misleading. Um, okay. I believe so it's like a that puffy it's, pastry it's with... usually a dessert of some sort, but I think the goat cheese baklava is a little bit of a bastardization of what baklava actually is. Mm -hmm. But, um, in this case, it was kind of like a little appetizer kind of situation. Um, but it's um, good. Yeah, it's got like a. It's, yeah, it's good shit. <laughs> Ted, did did you move? Did you, are you still in New York or did you move to? No, LA? I moved. I moved to. I moved to L.A. in like I got here in September and I've been here that's, since. That's the Postmates curse, man. You moved to L.A. and now yes, you get Postmates. Yeah, because there wasn't the, the LA Postmates YouTuber. wasn't a Postmates wasn't definitely wasn't a thing. Um in in new york they don't really have postmates out there they have doordash though not in that so section. i will say that when oh. i was in new york i was ordering from doordash when i was in ithaca um but <laughs> so it actually really hasn't changed it's just the app that i use is really has been what changed um <laughs> and sometimes i use doordash too so it's like you know i switch too it's bad, it's bad. for clarity's sake uh with the audience ithaca is in New York's Finger Lakes region, which butts up against Paradise, that is the central leatherstocking region. Um, uh, but there's not a whole lot of activity around when it comes to food delivery. I've actually never had a single thing delivered to my house, and it's not available anywhere. So that keeps me from post mating. 
I don't, I don't mate uh, at all. Um, I don't Uber eat. Why did you say I don't it do like any that? of these Wait, things? Wait, you, you don't mate? You don't, that's like the worst Isn't that way what it's you, called when you order from Postmates? No, nobody says, oh yeah, I'm going to go mate real quick. I'm going to do a quick mate. I'm going to order myself a quick mate. Sounds like, it sounds like you're like, sounds like you're breeding. Yeah, I was going to say it's some sort of animal planet after dark action. Um, they tack that $3.99 charge every time you mate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. Ithaca had, Ithaca's got, I mean, in that area, Ithaca is pretty much like, it's, Ithaca would count as like a city over there. Yeah, it's big enough. It certainly is. Yeah, yeah, so they've got like plenty of like restaurants that you can order from. So it's pretty, it was pretty nice. I definitely do miss how cheap my rent was in Ithaca for sure. Mm. Compared to LA. But I don't miss yeah. the winter. Oh my God. I, I, I was, it was weird at first when I didn't experience like what, re, like fall or winter. And it, it was strange coming back to Massachusetts yeah. for, for um, the holidays and it's, and seeing, you know, snow and being like, Oh, it's winter. I forgot about that. But it is really, really nice because I get to go. I've been doing this new thing where I get to go on walks all the time. I've become a, I've become a daily walker. And I know that sounds super lame. And I know it sounds like, oh, that is the most normal thing ever. But it is somewhat revolutionary for me because I sit on a computer all day. And I was like, what if I just, I don't want to run. What if I just walk? And I looked it up and it turns out you can actually burn some serious calories if you walk for long enough. You looked up walking. <laughs> I looked up walking as a potential, you know, does it actually do something for you? Uh-huh. I know that because I, I know that they say to walk 10,000 steps a day and all that, but nobody believes that. It's all sure. it's all horseradish, I like to say. It is. That's um, a marketing ploy. Yeah, it's a mocking. It's a marketing ploy for big walk. Um, no, it is. It actually <laughs> is. I know the origin of that. Really? Is that Karen, didn't you didn't you have an awkward conversation about this 10,000 step? Yeah, thing? I had such an awkward. So uh, I, I don't know how specific I want to get. I don't have to get too specific. I was in a, no, no, no. a you scenario. Can keep it generic. Yeah, I was in a scenario in which I had to make small talk. Let's just make it that generic. I was in a situation where I had to make small talk. And uh, this person was talking about um, getting her steps in. And as someone who just reads things all day because it interests me i i <laughs> i had i had read the origins of the 10,000 steps a day idea or concept and it turns out that it was a mistranslation from a japanese step counter it just said like 10k or 10,000 or something on the the bracelet and people just took that idea and then ran with it. And they're just like, oh, 10K, 10,000 uh, on this step counter. That must mean that you have to get 10,000 steps a day uh, on the pedometer. And it was not based on like some sort of medical study or fitness study of like optimal steps for the human. Um, it was literally just like a marketing thing. But now everybody knows it. So it was an amazing marketing thing. And people think that it's, this magic number that you have to step 10,000 times a day in order to be healthy. According which, to this, this article that Tom had linked, apparently 15,000 is the magic number. Oh, what? Who walks that much? 15,000. Really? Like, I, I agree with you on that because I will walk for like a straight up 40 minutes and I will get, 
you know, maybe 6,000 steps out of it. So you really need to set aside, you need to set aside almost (laughs) like, like maybe two hours a day, two, two and a half hours to walk, just to walk, which is why I've been trying to, I've been trying to wake up earlier so I can actually do longer and longer walks. Um, this was my question is, do you walk at a certain time? Do you walk early in the day? Do you walk late at night? Here's my qualm. I am a sleeper. I like to sleep. I like to drift off into the dream world and dance with the stars. But unfortunately, I also really enjoy either the concept or the vibe of the mornings. I very much so enjoy making myself a cup of tea and the light is different and the and mornings smell different. This is true. Try it out. Folks at home, if you wake up early in the morning, maybe 7 or 8 a.m., go outside and smell the air. It smells different, and it smells a little better, refreshing. Um, So I want to walk in the mornings is what I'm saying. Um, Yeah. Let I, I forgot you, to tell you the end of my story. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. Say the end of the story. I was, oh, right. was explaining to this person that the 10,000 steps was, uh, there was, you know, it was a facade, essentially. It was not based on science. They got really mad at me and it was super awkward. It turned into like a curb your enthusiasm sort of like Seinfeld situation where all of a sudden I was like apologizing for telling her this information or like trying to explain like, so what are you saying? Like, it's bad to walk 10,000 steps. Like, no, 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 not that it's bad. Just that it's like, that's not a number that's based upon anything. And it, 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 it it went really poorly, really quickly. You know what you should have done? it was very awkward. You know what you should have done? What? You should have socked them in the face <laughs> and said, put that on your pedometer and then, and then walked away and they would have been fuming because you would have been walking and they think that yeah. they own walking, but they don't. No. It do was, you, do it you was call a woman. it anything? Uh, do you call this because uh, Kevin and I had a friend, uh, a long, long time ago. Um, uh, Kevin worked with him. His name was Lee Lee and Lee was one of those guys who, uh, I think it's fair to describe him as having been maybe 53 years old from the moment he was like eight. <laughs> uh, like he just, he had when bad we, bones, ma- no, 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 physically completely healthy and fine, but just mannerisms were, were on the older side and he would wake up very early every day mm-hmm. uh, so that he could have a cup of coffee and take his morning constitutional. What and is that a is that him taking yeah. a shit? Well, I've heard it used a couple ways. I, I've I've heard people use it for that, uh, but it's it's meant to be uh, meant to be a walk uh, with with you know your constitution being uh, your body health and all of oh, that. Okay. And so the constitutional is something to keep you to keep that body in good working order. I like that. Uh, but I whenever, like that. I'll probably yeah, start using that actually. <laughs> The morning constitutional. Yeah, I love that. That's hilarious. It's it's just so like over like the sentence itself is just so overcomplicated. It does not need to be that like <laughs> that's just over the top. It's just like it's like it's not like you're writing an essay or something. You're going on a it's walk. Very aristocratic. Yeah, aristocratic. I like that. I thought it was going to the bathroom. I didn't know it was taking a walk. I thought it was eating shit on a shingle. <laughs> <laughs> Every morning at like six a.m. I gotta have my morning constitution, also known it. as getting in my shit on a shingle. 
Oh man. <laughs> um, uh, let's go back to nut butter. Yeah. Mm, yeah. 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 I, so I watched your nut butter video today and, uh, part of what I really liked about it was just how exhausted the both of you were by the process. Oh my God. <laughs> we were so exhausted. Kind of the most a entertaining of the, <laughs> bit of it. A lot of the times when I go into a video, I, um, I don't really know how long it's going to take, especially when it's one of those projects where I'm trying to make the ultimate or do this or do that or whatever. Um, and I bought a food processor because I looked up online and it said you can make pretty much any butter out of any nut as long as you just throw it in a food processor and you let it go for long enough. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, five minutes per nut thing. That shouldn't be too long. It ended up taking, I think the whole recording, like from the time I started to the time I was finished recording that day, it must have been like six hours of doing that. And it wasn't necessarily like, I've, I've been on film sets before. I've been on 12 hour film sets before, which isn't, but it was, it was, it was just the fact that we had started at like, like eight or seven or 8 PM. So it was pretty early in the morning by the time that we had ended, it was like two or 3 AM. I'm pretty sure. Um, and it was, <laughs> and the thing is the nut butter that we made at the end wasn't really that incredible. It was just a, you know, it's just a general sort of nutty malaise going on. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> nutty malaise. But that was the last video that I shot in Ithaca. I think actually that was the last. Yeah, one. you mentioned that a, a couple times in the video that it would, that you would be moving in four days. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, it was right before I was out of there. So it was. Yeah, I, it was. I was the guy I did it with was my roommate Harrison. I had done another video with him before, and then uh, we decided, yeah, we were gonna. I was gonna make one more video with him, and then yeah. I actually, well, he, he's uh, a trooper for sitting there for six hours while you grinded nuts. Yeah, no, he definitely, <laughs> he definitely is. He was being a real homie, uh, by helping me out with the video. I think it's cause he, I think he's, it's, it's cause he, uh, he thinks I'm hip. He thinks I'm hip enough to do that. <laughs> but the nut butter looked good. I mean, it, it oh yeah, no, I it was it pretty good. Pretty it, solid. It was vastly dangerous for anyone that has an allergy to any type of nut because it, it was one of those things where, you know, when you look at a packaging and saying this was processed in a factory that utilize that also processes nuts. Like if I were to put a, a label on it, it would be this was processed in an area that every single nut in existence was involved. Stay away from this. If you have a nut allergy, God help your soul. Um, <laughs> like that's just, you know, for anyone who has an allergy, that's just like straight up poison, right? <laughs> would you do it again, though? Would I go through the process of making that video again? Would or, you make no, any of the nut butters? On I would yeah. probably make the would peanut make butter. The butter. peanut butter worked really well. I think there's a reason why peanut butter is so popular is because it's also just really easy to make. Like, well, I think that the thing is about peanut butter is it's got some oils in it that make it so naturally. It's it grinds together so well, and it, it and it it definitely became the creamiest out of any of them. Some of the nuts that we had, we had we had we had to add some like some peanut oil too, or some sort of like vegetable oil or whatever. Um, but the peanut butter or the peanuts at the beginning, it was, it turned up the butter the fastest and it was the easiest. It was straight up the easiest. So I would probably make peanut butter again. Was it better than jarred peanut butter? Um, is it worth the trouble to make your own peanut butter? That's I think what I that there know. is, I think that there's an appeal to the jarred peanut butter, like the, like the GIF, you know, cause it, that you don't get normal. Normal peanut butter does not look like what Jeff looks like. Jeff is just 
this ability to you could you could make a you could make a statue of Jeff and it would probably stay upright. There's something weird going on with Jeff. <laughs> Jeff art where it doesn't. But the you know the normal peanut butter it's more liquidy, um, and I feel like it makes you it, may, it feels a little more crunchy granola when you have it. So if you want to feel closer to God, I suppose, then have some homemade peanut butter. <laughs> if you're trying to get closer to god have some homemade peanut butter that's my final answer lock it in baby that's good advice thank you yeah so i got i got youtube youtube tv the other day for the the trial so i could watch football oh. and uh yeah, yeah yeah and there were so i saw commercials for the first time since last year when i did a trial to watch football uh-huh and one of the commercials was was for Jif in this squeezable thing instead of a jar. Have you guys seen this? Jif, like the peanut butter it's in like, a squeezable thing. Yes, it's uh, it's sort of like uh, like a, a pouch, like a Capri Sun that squirts peanut butter. <laughs> it, it, like I, I couldn't believe this. I looked at it. I'm like, this is what happens on TV after a year of not watching. There, we got it in the chat. Squeeze creamy peanut oh, butter from Jif. That seems yeah, pretty like easy. A, that seems like a good road trip item mm. you know because you don't want to be pulling out a knife if you're making a peanut butter jelly sandwich or just a peanut butter sandwich in the car you're not going to want to take out a knife and have to stick that in the jar and move it all around and then have it maybe fall off and hit you in the face and then you got peanut butter on your face and then you crash the car and die wow you know true that would definitely happen which is just i think like that, that that's the market that this is targeting is lack of peanut butter based car crash deaths mm -hmm. um so I like it. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a, uh, I'm going to give it an eight out of 10. <laughs> eight what? <laughs> what? Stegosauruses. Hmm. Oh, eight what? You know, eight out of 10 shit on a shingles. <laughs> <laughs> to me, like, it's like gogurt. It's like peanut butter gogurt. You know, maybe it would make, it would make the cosmic brownies better if they put peanut butter on it out of the squeeze jiff jar. We have we have peanut butter on the brownies in the chat already. He's that fast. Well, no, he, that, that that's what made me think of it is is the fact that he was putting peanut oh. butter on the. He's sort of controlling the conversation now rather idea. than reacting to it. He's pulling the puppet strings. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it, it does solve a problem that that bothers me with food and in particular peanut butter, uh, which is it's very hard to get all of it out of a jar. Do you, do you have a, a trick to get all the peanut butter out of the jar? Because I don't like buying a thing knowing that I'm going to throw 6% of it away. <laughs> I, that I won't be 6%? able to. 6%? <laughs> really? You think 6% is left They've already over? gotten rid of That's 6%. That's a lot. Don't you understand? They've already gotten rid of 6%. Whenever you see a jar that... Have you ever noticed how a lot of these jars have the indentation on the bottom? Yeah. That's to, yeah. Save, that's to save space on plastic and use less product. And it adds up over time. They do this. They and uh, same thing with the now ten percent larger. Whereas in reality, they've just I, I forget what this is. It's a thing. It is, this is the thing. What I'm talking about. It's a thing that companies do where they slowly reduce the size of certain products over time, and you get less and less of it. Oh, chocolate does Come this. On, yeah, Tom, like give us Hershey, a link, like man. Hershey bars. Hershey bars have gotten like one percent smaller. I saw a thing about yeah, this. Yeah, totally like right. That. I don't Tom, know. you're breaking my balls here, man. I need a link. Shrinkflation. 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 That's nuts. You know, it's it's got to happen with cereal as well because that's something else I haven't had in years. I haven't had cereal in many many years. And uh, Walgreens had this amazing sale. It was like two dollars a box. I'm like, oh, this is cool. I'll get 
Fruity Pebbles, and a bunch of things that we talked about on the cereal tier list. I'm like two bucks a box, this is good. I'll get five or six. I got them, and they're like 10 ounce boxes. That's it wasn't always like that. You used to get a box and it was huge and it lasted a long time. Yeah. Well, 10 ounces of cereal is like two meals. Yeah. How many bowls is that? How, how many bowls is a meal? Is one bowl a meal? I don't know. I'd say I don't according know, Kevin, to how big is your bowl? Yeah, how big is your bowl, <laughs> Kevin? Come on, man. That's just a really personal question. Tell us the size of your bowls, man. What do you how got do you going on what, in your cabinets? How, how do you know how big your bowl is? Cause I have a, a few different i have like three completely different bowl sizes give us the info that. diameter rate radius <laughs> i don't know how to describe this huh? 3.141592653589223846260433834197169 <laughs> come on something like can that can somebody confirm this Three seven five one zero five eight two zero nine seven four nine four four one, baby. Come on. I don't know. It, it's impossible to say. What, that was that was as much pie as I do know. Those were accurate numbers. Tom can look it up. How many digits do you think that was? Um, I don't know. Should we should we try to should we try to count them? <laughs> we can we can count and edit it, but but that was a lot. Like it, it I'll do it again. Like, I'll do it again. Three point one four one five nine two six five three five eight nine seven nine three two three eight four six two six four three three eight three two seven nine five zero two eight eight four one nine seven one six nine three nine nine three seven five one zero five eight two zero nine seven four nine four four one is all I know. Is all you know. <laughs> is all I know. I don't know what there was <laughs> oh, this God. okay, the the okay, so the Why? The so the source of that is a Gmod video. Gmod video pie. It's about pie and it's like an a lady, a robot lady saying it's a song that says pie. And I saw it on YouTube a while back and I learned to repeat that that <laughs> I learned to repeat that um that amount of numbers because that's pretty much as far as the video goes i think and then i just it's one of those things where uh it just i just know it it doesn't go away i just i still have it and i'll just pull it out whenever i want are you a numbers guy in general do you memorize <laughs> oh, license no. plates no no i'm not a numbers guy in general i don't really have the greatest memory necessarily either i i um i well i actually have it's do, all, it's i do have full. pretty good memory but i don't have <laughs> Yeah. It's all full because yeah, no, you memorize that totally one. Fine. I filled that with pie, and I can't get rid of it. <laughs> um, but what was I going to say? I'm not good at math, though, so I'm not really a numbers guy. I didn't even take math in my final in my senior year of high school. I avoided it like the plague, um, and I didn't really take math in college either. I went to school for film, so clearly I don't care about math. Yeah, you have f stop numbers. Yeah, that's true. Camera. That's true. But that there's only certain situations in which you really need a like unless um, a lot of cameras have this sort of the digital interface that does it automatically for you. Unless you're if you're actually using a light meter and stuff, then maybe you have to like do some from fraction stuff. But other than that, it's not nothing crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> should uh should YouTubers go to film school? Um, I you know the thing is, it's like. I don't really see much of the stuff that I did in film school affect my YouTube stuff necessarily. Like I learned more about how to utilize maybe 
cameras, but that was mainly from my own interest. Like when I was in film school, I took upon myself to be a part of the camera checkout zone. Um, we called it PPEX at Ithaca. And that's where we would, you know, students will come in and everyone has assigned their own equipment for classes and they'll come in and they'll check it out and stuff. And, um, so I got to work with cameras a lot doing that. And then when I was in LA for a internship, I worked at a, I worked, I did like a camera technician internship, um, at a, at a camera rental house in LA. So I worked with like some like red cameras and stuff and our airy, uh, cameras. So, but that was all because of stuff that I did on my own necessarily. Um, so when it comes to like YouTubers, I wouldn't, I don't think it's really necessary at all because you've got people you can really do. You can teach so much of your stuff on your, your own. Really. I think that the only situation in which you would need to go to film school, I guess, is if you didn't want to teach yourself. And then at that point, why are you even doing it? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, cause the only reason why I want to go to film school is because I want to learn how to make films. So, you know, in terms of the long run, I would want to be doing films, you know, even after I'm done doing all this YouTube stuff, I want to make films. Um, so that's, that's why I stayed in college too. That's why I finished even when YouTube was going well, was because I wanted to continue to get that experience and have that under my belt and that network as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What kind, what kind of films do you want to make? Oh, uh, fuck. I don't know. I, well, oh, I'm still kind of figuring that out, you know, cause I haven't made a film. I was originally going to make a film. I had already done the, the casting and stuff for it in New York city, uh, in okay. April. And we all know what happened oh. is that coronavirus you got dinged on that. Yeah. Stop. It stopped me from making my thesis film and I didn't get to make my thesis. I graduated college, but I didn't get to make a thesis, which is a bummer. But I still have the script for it, and I was thinking about just pulling it together and doing it just because because it's the, you know, working back to the one of the things that, um, oh, wow, I just had a I just had a revelation just now on the Create Unknown podcast. The same reason why I don't well, <laughs> I don't write scripts or make films is the same reason probably I don't make YouTube videos is because I want it to be as good as possible the moment it releases when in reality, probably a more healthier thing to do. And this is for all you ladies and germs out there who are looking to get inspired um, is you just got to do it. You can't wait to make the perfect thing because I spent a lot of time on the script that I was making for school. It's, it's called buyer's remorse. It's about a guy that is miserable at his job and he orders a hitman on himself as a way of, um, you know, removing himself from the world. But then he meets someone that he has an interest in love wise. And then he has to, but he can't cancel this hitman on himself. So he has to figure out a way to get out of that situation. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time making sure that script was like good, you know? And a lot of the time, if you just do it and then move on to the next project, and this could probably apply to a lot of stuff, you'll just get better through that process. Ba-boom. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I would also say that I think a lot of people get mired in the details of like step seven, eight, and nine for sure of of a process Mm -hmm. rather than actually doing steps one, two, and three. Also, when it comes to getting advice from people, you should only choose like three people to get advice for on certain stuff, like a script, for instance. One thing that I learned from being in a script writing, uh, writing for the short film was the sort of lead up class that I took before um, thesis was that if you've got too many people in a room 
all giving you advice on the same piece of work, you're going to get like literally opposite pieces of advice at certain points. And that's just going to drive you insane. (laughs) Uh, So you kind of have to choose like a couple people that you really trust their opinions on and then take their advice and, and, you know, and then move forward from there and not like take advice from everyone possible because everyone's going to have different opinions. And like you need to just choose people that, you know, who you trust and utilize that and then but kind of stick to your your own gut too. Uh, that is absolutely true. Matt, wasn't there a specific Uh, thing that you found that said exactly that, that you sent me like several months back that talked about like not sharing, like not even getting advice from, from on your writing from people unless they're also writers. There's gotta be a highly specific reason. Do you remember how that went? Um, it, I, I think that was more about like expertise. So let's say you're writing this, this book about, you know, I don't know, psychology or something. Um, you don't like show it to your wife and show it to whoever and ask all these people for advice if they're not in the field of psychology or know it deeply. Like their feedback is just not going to be appropriate. Um, and I think that's absolutely true. I mean, as as Ted was talking about this process, I think li- about last week, literally just last week, I went through this process you know, I, I wrote this thing up uh, that was kind of math-based in, in general entertainment. You know, it's like 2,500 words, so it's substantial enough to be something, but it's, uh, you know, it's not a lot. It's just the beginning. And I showed that to three people for highly specific reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was Kevin, because, you know, this is what we do. Uh, another was my brother, who is uh, a former math teacher, so he had a certain perspective um, and, uh, the other was, was James from the baby gang precisely because he was, uh, he's, he's Australian rather than American and is not natively familiar with some of the references in it. So I wanted to see. That's cool. That's uh, a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Like they had three distinct roles in this evaluation process and all three provided feedback that was unique and useful I think precisely because they had a little role to play uh, in getting that done. I could give it like I was thinking of of, if there could be a fourth absolutely could be a fourth uh, who is a writing editing expert. You know, they're going to look at it in terms of just general flow and readability, and that could be useful. But beyond that, no, no. Beyond that, you're kind of just engaging in, in vanity. And being like, "Hey, look at what I did," <laughs> you know, but you're not. Yeah, you're not going to get. No, I agree with that. I agree with feedback. that. And I think that that's another issue that um, you can kind of run into is that you can get to a certain point, and I get, I got to this with YouTube, where I constantly needed certain people around me to continuously validate what I was doing instead of just doing it. And because for longest time, I made videos on YouTube without having any group or any connection to anyone on YouTube, but I was still making videos and I was still getting a generally positive reaction to it. Um, so if I had that, the kind of the logic that I'm thinking about is that if I had that sort of intuition back then, I most likely still have it now. Um, so that's kind of, you know, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with Matt in, in terms of the vanity thing is sometimes you do 
send things to people just for oh yeah that's what i'm stroke. that's what i'm saying yeah, it's to, like yeah to be like oh, oh wow this is so great and you're like i know i did that <laughs> <laughs> but it's, like, it's, not, it's not helpful yeah right it's nice for people to know what you're doing and we were actually talking about this in the discord today that uh having people who you talk to or who are around you who take what you're doing seriously even if they don't know at all what it is um that's a useful thing in terms of just like kind of your inner morale uh and i can see talking about a project with somebody you know like i've done that with some of the things that i'm writing like i'll talk to people about yeah this thing is is going on whatever and and that's good you know and i think those are the two stages of it is like talking about a thing to a normal degree versus just jamming the thing in their face and laying it bare mm-hmm. you know ted and I, I have to imagine that works on youtube in a similar way i don't know i was just gonna say um <clears throat> another thing that you can do <clears throat> excuse me is uh kind of s- force yourself to make a thing because you tell people you're going to like nike um i have a book mm. that i've been working on uh, well I shouldn't say that I've been working on it for a couple of years because I haven't. I've worked on it sporadically over the course of a couple of years. But I recently started a Twitter account for it um, in in part just to, I don't know, like publicly put myself on the spot that this yeah, is a thing that, will, that people that. Will, will look forward to. So I kind of have to continue to make progress. Yeah, on it. Does that make sense? I do. I've definitely tried that too. Um, I tweeted, I tweeted, um, I tweeted to, I tweeted, when did I tweet this? I tweeted on December 23rd. I'm going to make be posting more videos often in 2021. I have not posted a video <laughs> in 2021. Um, so I, I do agree that sometimes it works, but I think if you do it, um, for, for me, at least this is my experience. Um, I think if I do it too much, then it starts to lose its value in the actual words. It starts to become sort of a boy, boy cries wolf kind of thing at least yeah, for me yeah but i can see you getting a piece of content out of this podcast which is doing a cooking video about military food <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually yeah <laughs> making terrible military meals oh oh lord so you can start with hardtack uh hardtack uh, has a bunch of names uh sheet iron is one uh tooth dollars is another I actually have to stop eating hardtack because um, because uh, my teeth would break. Why were you eating point. hardtack to begin um, with? I used to eat it a lot back. Well, like when when you were a bartender, Kevin. Like back in that those days, yeah. I used to eat a lot of hardtack. Why though? Yeah, hardtack. It's uh, its name yeah, it, sounds bad. So why were you eating? So it? it's 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 really a dense hard cracker okay and that's why it was so good in the 1800s for example because you could make it you know you just fire it in an oven and boom you can make it at scale you can transport it easily because it's flattened and dense um you can that that goes for the soldiers as well you can have a bunch of hardtack in your pack and it's it's not going to take up a lot of space does it not go bad very uh, easily either it doesn't go bad no and like ever uh, like and like never ever, goes bad <laughs> truly ever yeah it it can it can attract uh, bugs and, and worms, but if the hardtack goes in hot coffee, then those bugs and worms will rise to the top and can just be skimmed out. Um, 
But yeah, hard, hard tack was uh, a couple Wait, years what? ago. Wait, you gotta you, hold on. I don't think we're, we spent enough time on that. You gotta dip it in. You gotta dip it in hot coffee to get all the bugs out before you eat it. If uh, you were short on rations, you know you're uh, you're just uh, trying to get through the winter of 1865. You know, like like you're the guy in uh, uh, the band song, uh, "The Night They Drove Old Dixie okay, Down." But if when that's were you, you? When was the last you probably time you were short like on rations, though? At sea <laughs> in the winter of oh. 1865. <laughs> well, it's cheap. Okay, it's cheap. And, uh, I don't like to eat a lot in the morning, so you can have coffee and you can have a piece of hardtack, and like it's good. It's enough to get you going. Right. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, making making good hardtack would be a good place to start on that video. And like Kevin said, it does kind of last forever. I'm fairly certain that uh, some was found from the Civil War era from the Union in uh, a military storehouse and it was still and good. they ate it so we're talking i don't know they must have decided it was good somehow i actually think that the rations might have been from the mexican uh american war so that would have been the 1840s oh my god um <laughs> yeah if if, if tom can those are some, verify those are this some, what is that those are some alamo crackers yeah it's, yeah, it's yeah. older than that i'm pretty sure that they that was one of the main things they ate during the age of sale like like the explorers yes. you would, would pack the ships yep. on like the Nina, the Pinta, the Santa Maria and the hard tack right. basically. Okay. So like, you've got, you got, you got shit and shingles. You got hard tack. I mean, what other, what other types of military food are there? Then? It sounds like there's two. Oh, I don't know, but this reminds me of many kudos talking about the channel on YouTube where the guy eats the old MREs that are like a hundred years yeah, old. No, that's gross. I've seen that before. Yeah, it makes me so, deeply yeah, MREs, uncomfortable. You know, that's <laughs> that's that's kind of modern classic military food. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you always do like a little little history lesson at the beginning of some of your videos, I do, Ted. I mean, do that. You know? I do. Yeah. I do that, and it's almost always wrong. It's almost always just <laughs> bullshit. Like the whole time when I talk, I'm like, and I usually think of it on the spot a lot of the time, like with. Uh, my gingerbread making, I made a gingerbread house in one video and I talked about how like every 17 years, like cicadas, I'd never mentioned cicadas, but I realized that it's very similar to cicadas. Like the, these like gingerbread men rise from somewhere and they need a home to stay in, which is why we make, <laughs> which is why we make gingerbread houses. So they have somewhere to stay. Um, <laughs> Yeah. What? Yeah. No. That's that's kind of the reason why I made the uh, incorrect history of milk video was because I'm pretty good at making shit up, so I might as well just do it for a whole video. And I actually want. I was planning on making another video similar to that this year. I got the hiccups for some reason. I don't know why. Excuse me. Um. But yeah. No. Those are fun to make. <laughs> Speaking of accuracies, I, I do want to be clear about this as I as I looked it up. Um. Uh, hard tack from the Mexican American war was given out in the civil war. So that was about a 15 plus year storage period, but then hard tack that wasn't used in the civil war was reissued during the Spanish American war. So that was about a 35 year gap. So it lasts. Mm. Wow. What the hell? It's good stuff. And it definitely would not have been a huge, I wouldn't have been like a massive profit loss if they had just if they had just made new hardtack, right? I bet it probably cost them a lot more to store than it would have been to make it when they yeah. needed it. Why, why yeah. did they do well, that? Storage space isn't cheap. 
Jeez. Hmm. And they could have had fresh hardtack. Everyone loves That's fresh right. hardtack. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> as ben says in the episode chat glad we're finally getting into taconomics this is a good discipline and i'm glad that we've we've broken open a brand new acad- academic discipline on this episode yeah hell yeah there was there was some i did a, a video on vsauce too a thousand years ago about food that doesn't go bad um i think it was called apocalypse foods it was something like that it was like 12 apocalypse foods and there was something from like the like the Inuit Alaskan uh population where they would they made something that was similar to hardtack. And it was like different fruits and grains they turned <laughs> put into a ball and, and it also just would not go bad. Like a like, was, a, was, like a fruit jerky or something? Yeah, something like that. And I was really hoping to uh uh find it. Maybe Tom in the chat. Can't figure yeah, it's it already out. in there. Apocalypse would fruit by the apocalyptic foot. Uh, oh, the the video is in there, but not the the name of the. Uh, oh, pemmican. Pemmican. Yes, uh, thank you. That's yeah. what it's called. Pemmican. P e m m i c a n. Pemmican. That's what I was talking about. Pemmican. Detro- That's oh, it's still it's extremely meat popular. and berries. Ew! What it's the fuck? Grain. Yeah, meat and berries. It, like yeah, for anybody listening, it's basically like throwing some berries in beef jerky that's essentially what it is yeah oh add it to the list ted pemmican does that count as a military food though um Uh, it's probably mm. not military food but it is a food that uh will really will not go bad as far as i understand no it's gonna last as long as it's it's not subject to uh humidity it's it's gonna last indefinitely yeah so you just gotta you just gotta keep it in a dehumidifier or or no, uh, no not a, a dehumidifier cool, like a place. like one of those cigar cases. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> if you don't have if you don't have a walk-in humidor, unit yeah, in your house, yeah, a, a pemmican humidor, then are you even living? <laughs> nah, that's an honest question. It's a good point. Um, <laughs> I don't know, Ted. Uh, I don't. It's not a military food, but I mean, I, I don't think anybody would um, shut the door on wanting to watch you eat berry filled beef jerky yeah a ball of a ball of it that sounds delightful yeah i'm realizing just now that there is someone like my, my, must be my neighbors they are blasting bass filled music and i just want you to know that when you're editing this podcast you're probably gonna maybe have to turn down the parts where you could hear bass filled music or something i can hear it through my uh my Do you walls know what song it is what kind of music is i don't know i'm just hearing i'm just what, hearing what like that's really all i'm hearing that's all i'm getting kind of sounds like the back line the bass line to to warrant's cherry pie do you like that song <laughs> i don't know that song off the top of my head. Yeah. Oh, is You're Ben, is ben W the oh, editor? Yes. Yeah, he oh, is, yeah. He seems upset about my uh <laughs> me breaking the news to him about the background <laughs> music. Oh no. I'm sorry. It goes his weekend plans. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so yeah. sorry. Well, it's Get- not a bad premise for a video, all these things. And and you do seem to take uh subjects that are incredibly mundane and make them 20 like 15 or 20 minutes of fun is that uh, do, do you do you do that on purpose like do you do you um try to choose a topic that's like pedestrian uh not necessarily i just try to choose a topic that i think would work really um i don't know i mean i suppose 
Although I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that stuff like inventing Helitrix is necessarily too, too mundane. Um, but what, no. what, what are you thinking of specifically? Well, like, okay. So you say that, that you want to identify something that works. How did you decide this video about making nut butter is going to work? Like what elements? Because I made another video called uh, making the ultimate works. nut butter and that worked. And I'm not sure if necessarily it worked because I, my brand is milk because I actually don't know how successful my brand of milk actually even works because some of my milkman videos are actually the more of the lesser viewed videos on my channel. Like my more, more recent milkman video has like, you know, maybe a little over half a million views, but compared to the videos around it, it's not actually that much. Sure. Um, but you know, I think, I think it, as, as an idea of like making the ultimate something, I feel like that is interesting. People like that. And I was like, I could make something out of this is really all it was. I was like, I, I could make an ultimate nut butter. I combine all the, I, and I also was curious about what it would be like to make all of these nut butters. Do you have to have that, that question on the back of your mind? That's like, an, an actual curiosity on some level of how whatever the thing yeah, is a little is bit one of the things i've done with most of my cooking videos really is like i used to do cooking videos where i would do it was just cooking whereas now i've been more interested in adding a modifier to the cooking video to make it more interest more interesting um so for instance like baking a cake with only gardening tools is like, oh, I'm baking a cake. I could just make a video where I'm baking a cake, but instead, this time, I'm only using gardening tools in order to make it. So I like cooked it inside of a pot, um, and I went to Lowe's and I bought a bunch of trowels and stuff to to mix with it. Um, and then I left those trowels at the place that I stayed in Ithaca in the backyard because I didn't need trowels. Um, but maybe someone who ended up living there might. <laughs> Um, <laughs> they're like, wow, free trowels. Yeah, free brand new trowels. Ooh, what's this baking powder doing on here? A gardener must have rented this place before me. Yeah. Um, but other stuff, I mean, you know, I do, I make, so a lot of times I'll have like a story to tell. Like, for instance, with the my most popular video, which is actually, it's almost at 3 million views now, but it's the accidental 400 milligram edible. Which I'm so surprised that that video did right. well because I, and I'm very proud of the titling of it because I managed to get around mentioning weed at all in the title, um, which I think is why YouTube hasn't dinged me for it. Um, but I like telling the story videos when I have little pieces of evidence of video to go with it. So I did another video, um, must have been, must have been, oh man, it must have been, oh wow, almost two years ago on February 2nd, 2019, I made a... I went to this creepy religious thrift shop in South Dakota with my friend Tucker. And I actually went back there with my dad in sept in, in August. And I was going to do uh, a story video where I talk about that experience. Cause I have footage of the, me talking to this. It's basically this, um, there's this town Mitchell, South Dakota, and they have, you know, this thing called the corn palace, which is like this event center, but it's covered in corn husk. And it's like a tourist attraction for those traveling on i-90 east um and but they also have this little thrift shop that's got a bunch of knickknacks and stuff and it's this bible tabernacle kind of thing there's this guy who runs it and he's got a bible walkthrough area in the back of it um and it's really really creepy because it's like a bunch of repurposed mannequins dressed up to look like characters in the story of the Bible. There's like a sarcophagus in there. There's like a giant, like there's a, there's a bunch of 
literal artifacts from Jerusalem there in little glass cabinets and stuff. Um, but the guy himself is, he's sort of a character. Um, he is a believer in the Bible, I think, but he, I think he, from our conversations with him, I believe he only believes in the old Testament. So like the, but the weird stuff of when I was talking to this guy was when he, he is very, very friendly and he would say stuff like, he was like, where are you going? I was like, oh, I'm moving to California. And he was like, oh, you know, I live out in Palm Springs. Do you have any family or friends out there? And I was like, I lied to him. And I said, yeah, no, I, I know plenty of people out there. And he was like, oh, well, if you ever need anyone in an emergency, let me give you my phone number. <laughs> I was like, that's okay. I really don't need that. Um, he said some other various an emergency too. He, he, uh, was said some other various interesting stuff, like uh, how he wishes that I was his son because I was tall and white. Um, what? yeah, <laughs> okay. a lot of, a lot of <laughs> okay. interesting things come from that. He was talking about how he was disappointed in his daughter because she went to college for theater. And my dad was there having this conversation with the guy. My dad was like, well, I mean, that's, I mean, you got to support your kid though, right? And he was like, no, no, no. And um, what did he want her to be? A, like a, like a, a doctor? Yeah, like a doctor. Like like that kind of shit, you know? Um, well, that's very common. Yeah. A lot of parents that are like that. That's not too weird. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was very interesting. There was like this new area that had built since the last time I'd been there was 2016. So there was this new area that they had built and there was this picture of Tom Cruise on the wall and it said like the, the, the gringo was a caption on it. I don't really know entirely what that was about. Very, very interesting place. It's like, it's literally nothing I've ever seen before is going, going into that place. It is so strange because half of it is a Bible walkthrough play area, like weird amusement park kind of thing. I don't even know. And then the other half is just a bunch of, you know, South Dakota based t-shirts being sold. There's a bunch of wooden bowls that are being sold there, like various carved wooden bowls. And good, good. I got like a coat. Did you buy one? Uh, when 2016, I got a, I bought a Costa Rica pin from there because they had a Costa Rica pin. I don't know how what? or why. Um, when I went there recently, I bought a bowl. Yeah, I bought one of the wooden bowls to have. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Was... <laughs> All right. Wait, so is this a video? Yeah, I made an original video on it. Um, but the most recent time I was taking videos when I was going around the place and I have, I didn't realize I was still recording and I actually have footage of this convers like of this conversation with the guy, like of, of like audio of him talking to us. So I don't know if I, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's tough. Cause I don't know if I am going to use that necessarily. Cause he doesn't, I don't have his necessarily his consent to mm -hmm. use his sure. audio, Yeah, but I'll look into the legality of it because <laughs> it is, it would be really funny if I included him saying that just i was his son um but yeah i do have like footage of like the you know place and stuff. you laugh at that and i i replied to one of your tweets a couple weeks ago saying that if i had a daughter you would make a suitable husband for her yeah <laughs> and so it, oh, I yeah think i remember that i forget why yeah yeah it was i i can't think of the original tweet but but yeah as you're talking about this story and you're like wow that's the the cringiest weirdest thing well it's ever. a funny thing I'm to say on twitter like it's, oh, no. that's funny to say on twitter but to someone that you <laughs> yeah, meet for the first time yeah. like he he had no idea that he was the second time i was meeting him <laughs> well, like 
And also, yeah, my reasoning wasn't that you were tall and white. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he like explicitly said that too. Like he he wasn't he, he was just like straight up. He was like, "Hey, you are tall and white. I wish you were my son." Gosh. Yeah. That one, that one didn't come out of the Old Testament. No, just no, did. I don't think it did. What did you say in response <laughs> to that? Thanks. I was I did one of those things where you're like <laughs> <laughs> right okay like what can okay like how are you supposed to respond to that i don't know i don't know yeah, like, um, there's no good way yeah just laughing it off i guess <laughs> exactly like please don't you know murder me wear my skin That's oh what you, I were, you were you replied to the my good vibes tweet yeah, yeah. that's right yeah and i replied and i said the sexy ago. and you know, sweet half of the podcast of the world's dreams that's right. That's right. You're the first person to get it right. So I appreciate <laughs> was that, it. Was that your original intention from the, from the beginning? Yeah. When we, when we conceived of the show, that was my contribution. I was like, oh, it's going to be like this, Kevin. And you're mm-hmm. the, you're the, the crusty podcast ogre that That's no right. one likes. That, that is right. Yep. Well known. Uh, no, no fathers <laughs> want me as their sons. <laughs> um, I'd love to get into some questions from our um, our patrons. So Patron if you're not familiar questions. with the process here, yeah, we uh, we have patrons in the we're, we're going to machine chat. gun them. Wow, yeah, yeah. that's we're part of the perks so we can get you out of here. Of being a patron of the creator, I would unknown. love to answer some questions. Well, good. Ben W asks, and this is quick. It's got to be fast. Ted, what's nine plus ten? Oh. Uh, uh, who, who even knows? I mean, come on nine plus 10. That's sort of a relevant question when there's an international pandemic. <laughs> What's the next question? That's correct. <laughs> uh, the next one is from Tom Videoger. He wants to know why are people homeless? Um, hmm. Oh, wow. That's heavy. <laughs> Tom is horrified that, is, <laughs> that I've asked this that, question because it wasn't a serious that one. That is heavy, anyway. Tom. That is heavy. God damn you, Tom. <laughs> uh, the ruling elite crushing down upon the average man, the 1%. Bernie Sanders is coming for you, one percenters. He's coming and he's got correct. big long claws and he's a socialist. <laughs> is that is that what he why he wears the gloves? To <laughs> yeah, he wears those to big, hide his claws. He wears those claws. big ethically sewn gloves to hide his big claw like Edward Scissorhand socialist fingies. Makes Do they sense. retract or are they just out there all the time? What do you mean? How do you say? Do do the claws do the claws retract like inside his hand like Wolverine or yeah, something or are they, they out there? Yeah, all I, the time? I feel like just imagine his hands and they become like imagine he's a he's a like a werewolf, but only his hands transform on a blue, on a full moon and a blue moon and a blood moon, <laughs> and those are the only times. Uh, we have another one. That's good. No, no, no. I think we I think we've nailed uh yeah the essence of Bernie yeah. Sanders, and we've we've got animations in the chat that prove everything that you've just yes. said um and we just solved homelessness so that's excellent yeah. the sol- uh, ben the, also the sol- asks the, uh, the solution to homelessness is bernie sanders and his werewolf blood moon new moon blue moon and <laughs> and and full moon fingers <laughs> this sounds like something psychic pebbles would draw <laughs> yeah absolutely. i would like to see that uh 
Ben asks, uh, after becoming the Ithaca king of five guys and now living in L.A., can you settle the age old five guys versus in and out debate? Oh, man, that's tough. Well, here's the thing about, you know, in and out and uh, five guys. I mean, five guys is a completely different ball game compared to in and out with in and out. You're kind of in and out. One of the magic of in and out is it's is its menu where you can just order everything that just isn't there on the menu. It's fun because you feel like you're part of a club. You get to you get to order because you're in the know. I personally go for a double double protein style, which is when you put the you get lettuce instead of buns, which is awesome because of this one reason, folks. And listen closely because I'm not going to repeat myself. It makes you taste the pickles, the cheese and the meat better than if you had a bun. Additionally, it doesn't fill up your stomach with a bunch of that bread that you don't even need. But then you've got five guys, which is a glorious establishment. You've got the checkered walls. You've got the smashed burger patties. I just burped as I was saying that. Um, (laughs) It is glorious because it is... It's almost the opposite of my situation with In-N-Out because it is very, very heavy, but it's also really good. And they have these really good, I forget what they're called. They're like, they're basically Old Bay fries um, that are really good. Cajun fries. Yeah. yeah. Um, is what they, what they call them. They're seasoned. Nicely. Yeah. They're very well seasoned. Yeah. You get it in a, <laughs> what's, what's fun about Five Guys is they don't even give a shit about their branding. They just hand it to you in a greasy bag and you just take that. It's like you came out of the dispensary, except it's a, except it's a bag full of meat and cheese. Um, but I actually did a couple <laughs> of videos very, very early on in my YouTube career with five guys, um, where my friend Moses, his real name's Michael, but he goes by, we call him Moses. Um, he did this challenge where he, the first challenge he did was at PAX in 2015, where he ate a five patty, five guys burger. And then we did That's another cool. one where he did the eight patty challenge. Um, and then I believe he did the 10 patty challenge. And these were all separate videos on my channel. Very, very old, very, very youthful videos of mine. Uh, and I ended the last episode of the Moses food master stuff when we were talking about him doing five or three five patty burgers. And we actually tried to do it a long time ago, but it unfortunately ended with Moses hurling his guts out in a Petco parking lot. Um, (laughs) And we have that footage somewhere of Moses doing the hurling in the Petco parking lot. And I actually think that for this video that I was going to make about why I don't post videos often, I was going to address the 15 patty burger video and I was just going to throw in a video of Moses hurling his guts up in a Petco parking lot. Meat, just meat. It was meat. He was telling about how when he was eating this burger, he like could not Blast. eat anymore. It was like, imagine like your entire stomach all the way up your esophagus is just filled to the brim with burger meat. And imagine that all coming out, burger, meat, and bile, as I like to call it. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it was awesome. Fantastic. Ooh. Imagine telling somebody on like at Ellis Island, like a hundred and forty years ago, that like this is our culture. <laughs> Welcome to America. Um, a couple of generations from now, we will be f- so filled 
with burger meat that will have to vomit um, <laughs> peco everywhere. Lot. God, that is the dream. That is the American yeah. dream. Yes. Thank you for building America. God, it excites me. It makes me tingle just hearing it. And by the way, on, on your burp, that is the second best uh, burp on the Create Unknown. True fans will know the number one burp. What's the number one burp? Um, <laughs> uh, Christian Weston Chandler, who who is now Sonichu, had an impromptu burp in our interview, which was outstanding. I could burp on command. Um, yeah, I was never able to do that. I, I think uh, Sanachu. What, what, what was Sanachu drinking? It was uh, like a Mountain Dew, like the gamer Mountain Dew thing. What do they call? <laughs> hey, that was that was pretty good. <laughs> There's my oh, on command burp. That was excellent. That one vies for number one. Oh yeah, that was good. Oh god, <laughs> yeah, it was. It's strong. It's. Strapping. I hope to someday the get the same of amount of burp, burp power and length that happened in the critically acclaimed. Um, movie starring Will Ferrell, Elf, directed by uh, John Favreau. Well, that brings up the next question uh, from Lizard Man. Lizard, what is your favorite movie? And this is really interesting because you've you've thought about it a lot. You're into it. I have it. thought about you've it. You've studied a lot. it academically. I've said this before, I think publicly, but at one point when I was interviewing for uh, Blumhouse, they've made they made I was it was some sort of inter it was an internship before I ended up getting the internship at that. Um, at that camera rental house, uh, I was interviewing for Blumhouse. I think it was like, it was some sort of, well, I wasn't going to be doing what I wanted to do. So I'm glad I didn't even get it, but, um, they make horror movies and they made get out. They made okay. a variety of stuff and <laughs> they asked me what my favorite movie was. And I could not, th- I can never think of what my favorite movie is, even though I, I love film. I'm a cinephile. I still don't really know what my favorite movie is. I think, and I think in general, it is a little bit of an unfair question, especially if you're really into movies, because how the hell are you going to like anything that you say is going to be judged in some capacity by someone. Um, and I, and I'd rather, you know, I'd rather say, man, I love all movies, but then it also sounds like a cop out. So it's like, whatever. But in that moment, well, in that moment on this is call there, um, with this person who worked for a horror milli, horror movie production company, I said elf on that. <laughs> and i did not get the internship and they were they were they were audibly confused when i said it too so it was it was a it was definitely a mistake um but it is a i think it's a it's a classic you know it's a classic movie um but i definitely shouldn't have said that <laughs> um might have been suboptimal. Yeah. yeah. Is there a movie? Just just one movie. And it doesn't have to be the number one. Oh, I'll give one, you a movie I really like. like. I mean, uh, I, that's wrote, why I said so. I wrote a paper about like, this movie. Has one inspired you? Though? I wrote a paper about this one movie while I was in college that I really enjoyed. It's called Wild Tales by um maybe what's it uh uh it it is by it's by an Argentinian uh, director um it is oh, what's his name it was by yeah, uh, Damien Cisfron. Damien Gifron? Yeah, mm. and basically it's a it is a movie that is a it's a collection of short stories that are about just people in real shitty situations um, or ridiculous situations, and they're sort of meant to highlight human nature and sort of mm. our animalistic tendencies. Um, and it's it's Sounds and it's rough. it's 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 sad. It's funny. It's it's yeah. It's a great 
it is a i think it's a very very good um film it was also nominated for the academy award for best foreign film at the 87th academy awards huh. um and for the palm do- palm door palm do- i don't know how to say that but at cans of palm door palm door who knows yeah it's good that that was a that went nicely just the trajectory of the that answer was thank excellent you. thank you um we're gonna machine gun these last few microspeen uh is referencing this this indulgence overindulgence with meat uh he wants to know have you had edibles since you were massive i OD? have but it, it was i've had these i have these edibles at home because i have so much access to weed now being in california but i've got these edibles that are like <laughs> two milligrams each they're more cbd than they are thc and when oh, i first got yeah. them i made sure since it's only two per you can have like three of them and you'll be fine but I made sure before I add three of these that I like read the I've read it very carefully. Like I'm very suspicious of edibles these days because of my experience. It was not fun <laughs> to say the least. There's a lot of people in the comments for that video too that did not believe that I experienced a 400 milligram edible. I sort of believe a lot of the comments because a lot of people say that these sort of um, neurotrophic edibles they spray a THC distillate on them. So it's sort of up in the air about how much actually the milligram count is. Um, but okay. I definitely do remember getting higher than I've ever gotten in my life. And it was to the point of being painful. So I think that, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter exactly how many milligrams it was. It said that it was 400 on the packaging. So that's what I went with. So, <laughs> <laughs> But you just got you just got to uh, a level you hadn't achieved. Oh, it was before. miserable, man. It was oh god, it was so bad. It was literally the worst, literally the worst. Well, let's go wholesome to recover from this. Guy asks, uh, "Have you had any interesting reactions, or did you have, from your family when all of your online endeavors started to gain steam?" I don't know. I mean, my family's kind of chill about it. They're really chill. They're super chill about it. I mean, they're very supportive. Like whenever I release a new video on my main channel, my parents always tell me that they like, they get it up on the big TV and they watch it. So they think I'm funny. So I think that they enjoy that I'm doing well and stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. You know what? It only, I think it's also been weird because there hasn't really been any sort of gatherings of any sort with family and stuff. So I haven't really experienced it very recently. Okay. And I, you know, I, I think at the beginning of last year, the beginning of 2020, I was at like 200 something K. So I'm much bigger than I was back then, but I haven't, re- so I haven't really, you know, I haven't really talked to many people about it, but when I was at a wedding, my, my dad liked to do this thing where whenever him and I were in the same conversation, he would go and turn to this person. He'd say, yeah, Ask, ask him what he does for a living. And then I'd be like, all right, great. And I have to explain the entire intricacies of how I make money, why I make money and why people care, um, which is always fun. <laughs> That's one thing that I've noticed with my group of friends that I know for, who do YouTube stuff is family parties are always kind of weird because it's always about, it always ends up being explaining it all and like g- giving like a rundown of how everything works, which I actually don't really mind doing, but it is funny how it is a consistency with everyone I know. Um, yeah. Well, we'll keep going on wholesome then. Uh, Tom, who lives in the upside down, asks, how was your trip to Australia? How was my trip to Australia? Did you have I, one of those? No, I didn't. 
I did not go to Australia. Well, how was it? How was it? I mean, if you didn't go, yeah, he says oh, make one up. Oh, man. Oh, you know, Australia, <laughs> full of stuff. Had to fight a kangaroo, stole my hat, my favorite hat, my favorite Boston Red Sox hat. I said, hey, kangaroo, give me my Red Sox hat back. The kangaroo actually spoke English, and he said, oi, mate, fuck right off. <laughs> I'm going to get me some ciggies from the Centrelink, and I'm going <laughs> to fuck your mum. Uh and then he called me and he called me a cunt. And then I was like, dude, oh, what the hell? So I had to box the kangaroo. And the thing is about kangaroos is that they, you know, they're very good boxers. But the problem is, is that kangaroos have really sharp talons on their feet. So if you let them grab you, they're going to bring their feet up and they're going to rip your guts open with their legs. This is a true thing. Um, so I had to avoid the legs. So I, I kind of gave him a couple a couple of these, you know, a couple right, uh, right boys, right in the noggin. And then, um, and I pulled out a gun and I shot it. So I won against the kangaroo and I was pretty much ready to leave Australia at that point until I got kidnapped by an international drug ring. But that's another story for another time. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got your money's worth on that trip to Australia. Yeah, it's like, imagine if you've ever um, seen that guy boxing, the, the guy saving his dog from the kangaroo, that's exactly what I did, except it was in a real yeah, boxing ring. That was wild. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, going from um, uh, Australia to Ithaca, we have we have a child, a literal child a literal in the chat. <laughs> child, okay. Literal child uh, who has thrown in an application to attend Ithaca, Ithaca College. College. So bombers represent. <laughs> what was the single worst thing about your time there? That's the question. Sodexo, Sodexo is a, What's is that? a food. They're basically a catering company and they, for the longest time at Ithaca, they were catering at the dining halls. Um, but then there was this sort of, insurrection against sodexo sodexo by the way is also they they also do catering for like i don't know like private prisons and stuff like that but the food isn't the food oh, okay. is just institution yeah the stuff. food itself not to say that like people who live in prison deserve bad food but the food from sodexo is bad um so but there there was this period of time where people were just getting so pissed at sodexo they were given like uncooked chicken some of the shit they were giving us was really bad. This was past when I, this was when I was, you know, I didn't even really have a full meal plan anymore and I was cooking for myself, but, and there was also during a period of time when I wasn't making that much money. So that was a period of time where I very much so was cooking for myself a lot. Um, so it's funny that I forgot how to do that and I lost that ability. <laughs> um, but, uh, they eventually got kicked off and then now Ithaca runs their own dining situation, which is cool too, because they, they have a they have a bunch of local businesses, local um, like College Town Bagels. It's like a coffee place, and they've got a, you know they've it's definitely improved. It's definitely in, improved over there. So I don't know where, but if, if there's any other worst thing about Ithaca, I would have to say it's the weather. There is a, the thing is about Ithaca is it's not necessarily super snowy. It does get snowy there, but you know I feel like Massachusetts kind of takes it versus Ithaca in terms of the volume of snow. But the thing that makes Ithaca worse than Massachusetts is the wind chill. The wind chill high up on South yep. Hill. Holy fuck, dude. It is gets cold. Imagine like walking 
in a direction to try to get to your class, and you're just getting this miserable wind that is just piercing your face, making you cry, tears, that those tears and those tears will freeze. Yeah, no, it's bad. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people realize that, that what the, the lake effect uh, winds uh, combined with that cold really do to people, and, and it kind of like starts in Buffalo and goes halfway to yeah, yeah i was gonna it's, say it's go go to fredonia news. that is worse it's literally That's like, why i went to school it's yeah. it's it's we had a great lake you had a little finger lake it's crazy because <laughs> like it wasn't even that i was like oh man i'm so cold at times like walking the class i was getting my face was getting so irritated by this cold i was like getting like i was almost getting like upset by it it was just so annoying mm-hmm. it well it hurts it yeah. can hurt quite yeah. badly it's bad it's not fun <sighs> But Ithaca is a good school. Ithaca is totally beautiful in the summer, wonderful in the spring. The fall is pretty good. It takes a while for it. It's almost like once the fall is over and it starts getting cold, the spring is somewhat irrelevant in terms of unless you're staying there for the summer, it's somewhat irrelevant. It's like, oh, man, it's April. Nope. Still snowing. It's going to only really start becoming spring, spring in like the final weeks of April and the beginning of May in Ithaca. Um that's right. Snow is not gone up here until the middle of May. Then you can yeah, be safe. Exactly. Well, our last patron question is from Elevensies. Uh, and I think this is the one that everybody wants to know. They've always wanted to know. What is your favorite type of milk? Cow, goat, almond, breast, etc. I really enjoy whole milk, um, but I know it's not necessarily super healthy to drink all the time. So my... My preference for milk most of the time is oat milk, specifically the brand Planet Oat. And I've said this before in my videos, too. A long time ago, I said said that, you know, whole milk is my number one milk, but oat milk is my number two milk. Hmm. What about hazelnut milk? Do you like that? I've been getting into it lately. I actually don't think I've ever tried hazelnut milk. I may have. I may have tried hazelnut milk. It's really I, nice. I must have tried hazelnut. It's got a milk. light flavor of. Hazelnuts. I must have tried hazelnut milk in the in yeah, the in the ultimate milk video. There were so many types of milk there that it was like it was hard to keep track of all the ones I've tried. But coconut milk is not that good. I will say that coconut milk is not that good. Oh. Or at least the coconut milk I had was uh, like mealy. It was weird. Uh, I have a box of it in the pantry right now that I got uh, as a gift, and I haven't tried it yet. And I was looking forward to it until about 12 <laughs> seconds ago. <laughs> well, I actually, I could have just had a bad brand too. That's totally possible. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, it could, it could be a bad pina colada is being said in the chat. So I think you make pina colada with coconut milk. Is that true? Uh, oh. I don't know. know. I've never made one. I don't know. The uh, I had one bartending gig where I had to make pina coladas, and it was like a mix. Yeah. You just dumped the mix into yeah. like the blender with the ice and the rum. Speaking of blenders. And that was your pina colada. That's one thing that I really want to get. I think that's actually, yeah, that's one thing that my goal is to get. Whatever the blender that you used when you were doing the bartending stuff, you know the, those blenders that kind of have a square, the cup that you blend yeah, is so square. Like it's like the, like the restaurant quality ones. I'm trying to yeah. get one of those. I'm saving up. I'm trying to, to justify it for myself. I'm trying to get one of those just for my apartment because I feel like those are always make the best stuff. They mix stuff the best. They make the best like shakes or whatever. They make the best everything because they're meant to last forever or a long time. Uh, yeah. The the restaurant grade big blenders. Yeah. That was a that miserable job making frozen drinks. But Horrible. If I were to have one 
in my place, it would be ultimate host, right? It'd be, <laughs> wait, it'd be ultimate post? No, host. It would be a sick. Oh, ultimate host. Be, oh, you would that be, would be yeah, a yeah, dope yeah, thing. Because it's like, hey, folks, friends, post, this is in a post-COVID context. Hey, folks. Oh, you want a, um, you want a strawberry daiquiri? Yeah, you want a strawberry daiquiri? You want a pina colada? And then I just whip it up in my restaurant grade thing. Did you know that there is a, there is a toaster that has a touchscreen? No. I can't, I would never justify, well, I've thought about it, but I would never, I don't think I would ever get it, but it looks really cool because this is just one, that this would, this is something I imagine is in every one percenter's home. You know, all these people Bernie Sanders is trying to kill. Um, it like keeps, tr- it gives you a countdown on a visual screen and you get to toast your bread, the exact right toastiness. It's awesome. <laughs> I don't, these are all such boring topics that I'm talking about, but for some reason I'm excited about them. Um, imagine being a toast snob. I, I, I mean, you have it. to have not a lot of mm. problems in your life. <laughs> to put toast at the top of your troubles list. Well, it's not really. I mean, it really isn't, but it, it like we are, there is really nothing going on in coronavirus. <laughs> there is really nothing <laughs> going on. I don't, I don't, I don't, ta- I don't see anyone in person. I don't have enough. I don't have any social problems right now necessarily. So it's like, I, I might as well have an issue with toast. Yeah. No. Well, look, I like oh, your blended Tom, drinks Tom idea. Tom linked it. That's, that's it right there. It's, it is, it is, it's sold out. The vastly, oh, vastly overexpensive toaster. It's like three hundred dollars. It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, but it's sold out. Wow. You can't even it's like get an it. iPad that toasts it. things. It's so popular. There's, you could definitely get it. I'm sure it's available. Maybe there are scalpers of these toasters, like PS5 scalpers. Yeah, it's two ninety nine. <laughs> it three hundred dollars. The glow heating system heats up fast, searing the bread without drying it, so it's crunchy on the outside yet soft and delicious on the inside. Come on. Are you telling me that that doesn't sound amazing to you, even though it's just a fucking toaster with a touchscreen? It does. I like toast a lot. And I think one it's of the key features, one of the, well, and this, I wouldn't say this is a key feature, but one of the cool features is that when it's in sleep mode, it turns to a clock. And then also when it's getting close, when it's getting, <laughs> you don't have enough, it clocks. gives you a timer. <laughs> you don't have to like be wait and wonder when the toast will be ready. <laughs> It will tell right. you. It will give you a timer. <laughs> How many toasters give you actual timers, man? Come on. I don't know. I don't know. I think you need to do a brand man, deal with this. It's wild. If I could do a brand deal with these guys, that would be <laughs> sick. Then I would get a free touchscreen toaster. That would be amazing. Oh, my God. I would fucking... Well, I would shit on a shingle if I got one of these. <laughs> uh, bringing it back full circle. Before we let you uh, out of here, Ted... We like to ask our guests to come up with a sponsor. Speaking of sponsors for our podcast, it can be anything and you need to do the ad read for it. So you need to invent the sponsor. You need to invent the ad read and you need to give it to us on the spot right now. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Here we go. Uh, this, vi- should I start saying it? Should I start saying it? Uh, yes. Sure. Um, yep. Go for it. This video, I mean, this podcast was sponsored by Uncrustable Shitty Shingles. Uncrustable Shitty Shingles are <laughs> a collection of the feeling of having shingles and the feeling of shitting oh. wrapped into a Smucker's Uncrustable Crust. 
Uh, the reason why you would like this is because you can send it to someone for their birthday if they are your enemy, because it's going to make them miserable and it's going to ruin their day. Um, the reason why this is being advertised on this podcast is because um, we're we got a lot of enemies over here, man. We're and we are looking to get them with our shit and shingles wrapped in an uncrustable. How's that? 77 episodes, 77 enemies. Exactly. Wait. That's right. Are you saying that every person? 78 since we did Slush and Glink together. Yeah. Yeah. You're now on our enemy list, Ted. Congratulations. That's right. Thank you. Um, Watch your back at VidCon. Jesus Christ, Tom. That was quick word art. You made a word art that says uncrustable (laughs) shitty shingles. You just got word open, ready to rock. How the hell did he do that? Yeah. Part of me was hoping we'd be sponsored by that peanut butter and jelly sphere that you came up with earlier. Well, imagine, imagine, imagine that, but then with shittiness and and shingles in it, and you throw like a bomb at people, (laughs) and it like, and and their body is covered in the feeling of having shingles and shitting at the same time. It would be measurable. It's like a grenade. Yeah, I would think more like a, like a <laughs> sticky bomb. Like you throw it at them, and they're like, okay. "Oh no! Oh no! Oh, I've got shingles!" <laughs> um, so it's a, it's effectively a herpes bomb. Do you get Ugh. shingles from herpes? Is that what it, you get it from? I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I shingles, you get shingles is, from from yeah. uh, from rabies. Wasn't that what it was? What? No, it, no. Shingles is a, a derivative of. Uh, it's in the herpes family. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cousin, you know, like <laughs> peanut butter sphere. It's like, it's like shingles. horrible chicken pox. Oh, painful chicken pox. It sounds like something that would have to do with the shins. Like whenever I was, when we were talking about shingles this whole time, I was just thinking about like, I was imagining in my head, like a shattered shin and that was shingles. <laughs> and that's what shingles was. I don't know why. Cause I knew that's not what it was, but in my head, that's what I've been thinking this whole time is like a shattered shingle, a shattered shin is a shingle. Oh, it's from it's from chicken pox, according to the chat. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Have you all had, did you all have chicken pox as children? I never had chicken pox. Oh, I had the pox. Oh, you didn't at all? So you're susceptible now? You you could be infected? Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe I had it wow. and it's going to re- release it's itself purposely as going and getting chicken when pox. I'm 30. Oh. <laughs> maybe i did have it i don't know I, I i feel like i must have been too young to even remember it being a big deal yeah i was like four or five something i don't like that. get sick that often uh, i had coronavirus yeah how was that oh confirmed like, yeah no yeah. i definitely had it i mean i also got tested for it and i was like yeah you got corona man um it wasn't that bad for me i mean i'm also i, I mean i was 22 at the time i had but i'm 23 now so i mean i'm pretty young so it, it didn't really affect me that much. I lost my smell for a good amount of time. I can smell stuff now, though, which is nice. Oh, no, yeah, I lost it for like, I lost my sense of smell for like a month and a half to two months. Wow. <laughs> so my chest is 23 is a turning point. Don't say that. It's a while. Don't say this. <laughs> Next time he's oh, done for, wow. <laughs> You're going to feel real noise. bad if I get coronavirus again <laughs> and I die. Okay. <laughs> You're going to feel a real bad guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't really that. But I'm trying. To, I'm trying to remember what it was like. I mean, I you know what it was. I, um, the day that I I had experienced symptoms for the first time, I think I I got really bad. It was almost like it was a migraine, 
or I thought it was a migraine. In reality, I was just experiencing coronavirus or some sort of symptom of coronavirus. Turns out, I was like, man, I was calling my mom. I was like, is is the feelings that I'm feeling right now a migraine? Because I've never gotten a migraine in my life, so I'm very surprised that I'm getting one right now. But I am a little stressed lately, so maybe that's what it's about. <laughs> and I didn't even, I never really even got around to it being, oh, maybe this is coronavirus. Um, but I'm still, I'm still zero for zero on uh getting migraines i don't think i've ever gotten a migraine before so that's good (laughs) (laughs) congrats thank you (laughs) i've heard they're terrible Um, and i don't ever want one so have you guys gotten migraines i don't think yeah loser but i am zero for that as i've mentioned Uh, you know i am zero for zero on migraines (laughs) you know when i started to get them i was about son of a bitch oh no yep sorry about it but they did go away, like maybe five years later, I stopped got, getting them. So You got migraines um, consistently for five years? Nobody told me 23 yeah. to 28 was the way. Does that math right? Yeah. 23 to 28 was the year of, was the years of migraines. That's misery. Everything is going to get worse. Oh, no. Don't say that. Why you got to say that? <laughs> that's like the worst thing they could, you could say. That's like that's like when people were tweeting about 2021. They were like, this is going to be worse, especially on January 6th. Everyone was like, wow, this is not getting better. I'm talking about the Capitol riot. <laughs> Capitol raid. Yeah. Well. Raid. I thought I thought you were going to say rave. And I was like, oh, I haven't heard anybody describe it. It kind of was in a way. I mean, they were singing YMCA the whole time. So, <laughs> yeah, some some crazy costumes. No, I, I can see that wouldn't be altogether yeah. wrong. <laughs> if you switched around some definitions, it would count. <laughs> you could completely change the meaning of a few things. It's it's perfect. Yeah. Um, Chuckle Sammy. Yeah. This this Saturday. Well, people listening to this, it'll be last Saturday when it comes out. Yes, next week. I've I've, <laughs> yeah. I've got but, the editor um, working on it. He's throwing it together. It's gonna be released, and I'm hoping that this time we'll be able to do it consistently because I've never been I've never been part of a podcast that's been consistent. But since I'm running this podcast, it's a good thing too to have like a weekly thing. I think because ever since I left college, I didn't have any structure anymore. The structure is entirely reliant on me, which is weird. Because uh, I'm not an organized person at all, and I've got ADHD at the fucking ass. So um, I think it'll be good to have like that weekly thing. You guys do it on Wednesdays yeah. every week, right? This, yeah, that's right. Yep, yeah, that's helped a lot too. Like I think it's gotten a lot easier to have that predictable time. Uh, we we always know what we have to do by when, and once we got in that pattern, I things really started to roll pretty yeah. nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you mentioned it's going to be out on on that Saturday. This will come out a few days after that, which means we'll be able to put a link to it oh, uh, nice. to that first episode right in the very description. Nice. So if you're listening, that'll be uh, at the top of the descript. I, I will yeah. say somebody yeah. somebody's asking who made the art for that sandwich. The, um, his name is. Brandon, Le, I think his last name is pronounced Lapine. I'm not sure if, or or Lep, Lepine. I'm not sure, Brandon, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, he also goes by Kinjiro, uh, but he's done some art for C- Curtis Connor. He's done some stuff for Tiny oh, Mead Gang. Uh, he's kind of, he does this sort of like grotesque 90s-esque sort of illustrations that I fucking love. I love his shit. So I was like, and I'd worked with him on my channel art for my my live channel, my second channel. So I was like, hey, I want you to 
do this for this podcast I'm working on. And he did a fantastic job and I love it. Awesome. Well, everybody who's listening, check out Chuckle Sandwich. You'll get to hear Ted. You'll get to hear Schlatt, who everyone's familiar with, and uh, Slimesicle. Indeed. As well. So, um, Ted, thanks for hanging out with us. No problem. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Um, Everybody, go check out patreon.com slash the create unknown to become part of what we're doing here every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. is TCU night. So don't forget, if it's Wednesday, that is TCU night and you can hang out with us right here at TCU. All right, everyone, we're out of here. Thank you, Space Cowboys. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Create Unknown. We'd like to extend a huge thank you and congratulations to the Tots and Dumpster crew who save tiny little lives every month. A tremendous shout out to our elite baby gang. Trevstad, Boromir, Botdogs, Chinchilla, Isaac, Conrad, James, Jeff Davis, Patrick Pister, Baseweight, and Dojangles. And thank you to our grizzled, battle-hardened child infantry. Jen Mefisanti, Kevin Menard, Mikhail Steinke, Risebread, Sean Malone, Triple Question Mark, Monaghan, Ryan Kinder, Sheep, and Maruko. Thank you as well to our producer and editor, Ben Webster, and to our media manager, Dan Yosua. The Create Unknown is an unknown media production. 